Hi, hello and welcome to another episode of Of Course China. My name is Fernando and this is Ziv. And today we have a very, very interesting guest. So Ziv, why don't you tell us something about him? John Graham Harper. He's in China for almost 20 years. Uh, as a fitness enthusiast, he went on to do a lot of uh, entrepreneurship in the fitness, fitness industry as well as uh, uh, the white collar fight night. And today he's stuck in China. Hey, John, thanks for being here. How's it going? At your office, in your ring. In my boxing ring, yes, yes, at my office. We understand that that was one of your dreams, to have a show in the middle of the ring. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, I must say, first and foremost, you guys' setup is incredible. We're looking at, like, I lost count how many cameras and lights. <laughs> this is a really professional setup. And yeah. to top it all off, we are in the middle of the boxing ring. Yes, which is pretty cool, I have to say. But yeah. we're, not, we're not gonna box. This is the high point of my year right here. All this, all interviews must be done in the ring from now on. In fact, this desk will stay. This is gonna be my new office. I'll box you, no? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan. Um, so why don't we start with uh, the, the obvious. Um, how did you end up in China? So China, I came to China when I was 14 years old. Actually, on my 14th birthday, I landed in Taiwan. And um, be, I'm born in November, so be, actually that same year, I came over to China right after I turned 15. I was with my dad, who we came to Shenzhen. And back then, Shenzhen was, um, it was just a fishing village. It was, a, it was incredible coming across the border into the, you know, the, to the Iron Dragon. Um, and we had these ideas of like, oh, when we go there, there'll be people with those, you know, those little, those you know, farmer hats. those yeah. farmer hats and there'll be guys with guns at the border. People, and, doing, know, tai chi. And, people doing Tai Chi. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah Tai Chi and yeah. Mahjong on every yeah. corner. But it was actually people were just like, get in, hurry up. You're obviously here to buy something or visit a factory. It was quite, right. you know, it was a real industrial uh, city back then, but it was still an adventure. Um, but yeah, I remember a very distinctly remember coming across the border. It was me, my dad, and my younger brother, Alan. Alan, of course, who lives in Dongguan. You, you've known him for a while. So, but yeah, I remember that. We came in, we came into Shenzhen, and the only hotel we knew about was in Shenzhen University. This was the only one that was like on any website, <laughs> right? So we get through on Lohu, and then we drive like almost, you know, an hour and a half over to Shenzhen Dashe, and we're, we're like, is, you know, do you, is this a hotel for foreigners? We could, we could have just went to any hotel across the border. You came, but you came from Taiwan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was did Taiwan, you, landed Hong did Kong. Did you speak any Chinese? I, um, I actually learned like very basic Chinese in Australia. I had my own tutor. Ah, okay. My parents, needless to say, my parents were anything Chinese. They, they love it. They ah, absolutely okay. love anything Chinese. Right. I remember going to like Chinese carnivals in Brisbane. Okay. In Brisbane, Australia. We would, we would be doing calligraphy and, you know, it was, oh, even it was always in Australia. Like that? Yeah. That's oh, so, okay. something about my parents. They always loved anything Asian, particularly Chinese. You said, you said that the, at the border, people were saying, okay, you're coming here to buy something, but what were you coming to do here? Let me adjust something one second. Just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the feeling of coming across the border was, it was very rushed. You know, everyone was coming over to go visit some factory. We were just one of those many people. Like they were just like, yeah, you know, we weren't, we thought we'd be questioned uh -huh. and, and searched. So why did you come in? I mean, your dad, he got yeah. a job here. What yeah, was, my, what was my dad had, um, he was in education. So we came with him, me and my brother. So, okay. so it was the same, the same, he was an educator, that same story. Um, but he obviously was one of the first, first expats to be in Shenzhen doing, doing education. I, I came also almost 20 years ago, and uh, from my perspective, I've seen the city of Dongguan change. Mm -hmm. You must have seen the city of Shenzhen change. 
I mean, what can you tell us about that? What's the most impressive thing about that? Incredible. I think Shenzhen, Shenzhen's a global city. Everyone, everyone at least that is involved in any kind of technology business should know the city of Shenzhen. It's the tech capital of the world. And to see from the very beginning how it was just a hole in the ground and it rise up to become such a, a dominant, you know, strong economic and especially tech savvy city. Um, I really enjoyed that because it kind of, it's fueled my, my, my personal energy and my personal hustle. But it wasn't like that back then. No, not, not even, <laughs> not even close, not even close. Not even close. It, it's the cleanest city in Shenzhen. They have, they've been sort of bestowed uh, the title of being... Cleanest in China, you yeah, mean? Yeah, cleanest in, in, Chi in, China. in China. Sorry, okay. yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be the most, like, ecologically friendly city in, okay. in, in China. And, um, through the years, yeah, you meet a lot of people, you know a lot of people. Mm. Um, uh, how many of those people that you met at the beginning are still here? Is, is there a vast majority who stayed for the long haul, or a lot of people just left at some point yeah yeah very few veterans have um have stayed on usually if you've stayed on it's because it's for you know for a number of reasons probably one is that your your, your business success is from china mm -hmm. so you continue your success by staying here um another reason is um people you know they've quote unquote they fall in love with china right so they right. you know i mean like i was telling you guys before this has a very It, there's many meanings to fall in love with China or to like China. Maybe right. it means you have like a Chinese wife, you start having kids right. here, your kids, and you're learning Chinese, you're fully absorbed into the culture. So you pretty much, it sort of becomes your home, you know, that there's that side, but then there's people that just like, you know, that maybe they fall in love with, um, you know, with actually Chinese learning itself or martial arts, you know, or just the way they do business here yeah. and they just get, they get very into it and it becomes their lifestyle. Or they might right. just get used to the way, of life here, right. which yes. is a very high level of life. The standard of living here is actually very comparable right. to the West. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least in cities like Shenzhen and Dongguan, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely want to come out and say that Shenzhen's not in anything like the rest of China. And I'm not saying that the rest of China is a, is a I whole. Think, I think a lot of experts in many cities say similar things. Yes. Like they think their city is not like anything else, which That's is great. Right. I think. Yeah. And what you said, Fernando, I think for me, it's also a lot. You live in a place for so long. I live in Dongguan for almost 17 years. You get to know the place for so so well mm. that it's so comfortable. It gets comfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get um, you sort of get stuck in that little rut, and you're happy with it. And you're you like, know the city make it work. well. Have mm. you lived any in any other cities in China? I lived in Shanghai for quite a bit because I used to I used to work up there. But I would always fly back at least once a month. I would go between these two. So Shenzhen and Shanghai, Shanghai. there are your cities in China. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so you came in almost 20 years ago. You went to that hotel in the university, the, the <laughs> only place you could find online. Well, there were, was barely online back then, right? That's right. It was a website, some <laughs> yeah. random review. Like ugly, <laughs> ugly website. Yeah, yeah. I think my dad was on some like, like educator website, you know, and people were saying, you know, don't eat this food and, right. you, know, you know, try this beer and this <laughs> restaurant's good. The pillows, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. this, a bunch of educators. You said, you said your family was into Chinese things well, uh, long before that. I mean, did your father speak any Chinese? My dad actually still speaks very, very good Chinese, oh. and my mom as well. Oh wow! Uh, my mom, my mom came and visited me about I think it was maybe maybe it's about four months ago just now. I hadn't seen her in a while, yeah. so I asked her to come over, and her Chinese is still phenomenal. Really, she like straight away like, oh, I know how to say that. I know, just I, something I wonder. About I them. wonder what what made them. I mean, just uh, going to Chinese. Yeah, I mean, I know my <laughs> older brother. 
And my older sister went to Chinese school in Australia. I had the tutor at home, but they actually had to go to Chinese school. <laughs> Do you know why? Well, Do I, you know? Look, I think that probably the potential. I mean, a lot of adult people at that age will see all oh, the potential of but China. But we're talking about 30 years ago, basically. Yes. It's that like 30 that years your ago. parents started to go into this, I'm guessing. Yeah. I Like, why China? That's a very good question. I, we would say, of course, you China. them. Yes. Why <laughs> China? And it's funny now because they're, li- they're obviously, they're gone back to Australia. So I'm still here with my brother. Right. Um, and um, they've, you know, the, the, I, I think that they've, their adventure has ended in China. So they kind of want to settle down. They want to live more, a more paced, quiet life. Right. Um, so they're not really interested in moving back to China at all. Like they're, they're, they're probably very, happy they got someone to visit. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're over it now, but we're still here, right? right. We're still here. So, so you came in, you were 15. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. This is the high school, right? Yep. I was Age. I've, what, what did you do? Uh, which Did you go to an international school? or No, no. My school was always in Australia. I, my, my, I just did distance education. Actually, something interesting, a little fun fact. Australia is the world leader in distance education. And the reason being is because Australia, a lot of it's desert. Right. So people just live on the coast, but there's all a lot of families that live in, in the middle of Australia. So in that's the, in the, the middle of nowhere, region. basically. Yeah, and they rely heavily on a very well-coordinated distance education system. So right. our school was, um, yeah, was, right. was good to, uh, right. was good to. So what is yeah. distance education? How do you do it from here with Australia? Well, in Australia, this is what I know, because I've been to Australia a couple of times, is they, they listen to the radio or they watch TV shows and then, okay, for the third graders, turn on the TV at oh, eight really? o'clock and yeah. <laughs> and they mail you the exams and your dad sits. Everything's and- mailed. Yep. You have, <laughs> oh. you have a, there's like a platform that you register, you have your code. Um, you have all your teachers' emails, and you you email them, and you send them everything direct to them. You communicate, wow. and if if need be, if if the if the assignment or or the task, whatever it is, allows for it, you actually can have a call too. Let I me, did maybe a few, not too many calls. Let though. me ask you this: Did it work for you? I mean, it works because I could. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I would have basically been in the same. If I was in Brisbane, I would have been on the same system. I would have still been in di- doing it. Di- but so it's nice to be. You followed by yourself. Your dad had to. Yeah. Obviously, my mom you. and dad. Yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> come on. You got to actually do the work. But um, if you don't, yeah, you will get emails from your teacher saying you, you, you're late on these assignments and things like wow. that. Do they That's do what, this in any other country? Uh, um, not that I know. But I was just about to say that because of this particular reality of Australia, Australians are some of the most self-sufficient people that I know. They're extremely resourceful. Like, mm. oh, this is not working. Just give me a crowbar or something. <laughs> they don't fix anything because they have mm. to do everything for themselves, yeah. by themselves, when they're living just out there in the bush. So how do, you, right. how do you socialize with other kids when you're 15? Uh, distance in China, education. Yeah. In China, back at that time, I remember um, what was very big was a, a shooting game called uh, CS, Counter-Strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was massive at that time. And um, I remember going and meeting actually a lot of friends and doing, we would call it Wamba, Wamba Internet Cafe. So Chinese yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. So we would, we would play a lot at that game. I remember that was, that was big in skateboarding. I remember there was a- Skateboarding? Yeah, this culture was kind of coming in into its own in Shenzhen. And there was a couple of friends that were getting into it. And I- so yeah. that's still uh, high school age. Yeah. Remember, where did you live in Shenzhen? Uh, we lived in Futian, the, Futian. Cent- the center. So that the was center the up and coming. Area. That was the 
place? Yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah, that was a nice area. <laughs> that age is when you start like picking up girls and having girlfriends. Was it difficult to get girls at that time? Yeah, of course, because you're like, you know, I can't speak the language. But then, of course, as you get older, you have to figure it out. Right? The language like, of love. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an option. I need to figure out how to say, how to court a girl in Chinese. I need to figure this out. But yeah. Any resistance? I mean, were girls into... I remember it not working most of the time. But then I, I think I found the formula and I, was, I, I, I managed to do it. Yeah, did, did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, did you ever have? Did you always have uh, Chinese girlfriends or any foreign girls? Or there are not too many? No, I, I think. I mean, I mean, in my younger years as a teenager here, I think I kind of, I kind of, um, you know, you you, you got that uh, I, the, the culture shock. So I was I was open to dating Chinese women, but I think I kind of stayed in my own comfort zone of of, uh, of foreign, foreign girls, foreign girls, and then as I got older that switched because I became more accustomed to the culture. I kind of got it. I, I, you know, and it was more, you know, what wasn't as standoffish because I think that that's the most thing with, with when you go to another country, it's just, if you don't, don't get it, you don't engage with it. But then once right. you start to understand it, you start to accept. But basically you don't discriminate. You had both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm open. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> For me, one of the things that, that, that has happened uh, after leaving so long in China is that I've lost contact with my Colombian um, like the, the the roots, so the music, the TV, yeah. the, the culture, stuff, the mm. culture of the. Has that happened to you, or have you been able to stay up to date with the music and the of artists? Australia, and the Australia yeah. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm <laughs> you terrible. don't know the references. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, slang. Who on the, the, the you don't like Vegemite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my mum will like she tries to keep me up to date with who's who, the rugby and all of the, the you know who's winning and everything, but I I can't keep up with it. It's yeah. You do rugby? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I love rugby. I love rugby. Um, I, I learned rugby while I was here and I, I got into That's it. interesting. How did that happen? I mean... Rugby, rugby Asia has a very strong social rugby uh, in community. Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, Indonesia, Indonesia, everywhere. Because yeah. everywhere. Um, expats will come over and they'll be in, you know, finance businesses or international school businesses or Shenzhen, back in the day, a lot of expats were here for oil. oil. They were oil boys. So it was oil boys, it was pilots and international schools. And a lot of these guys, they played rugby as kids. So they would just create, you know, social teams themselves and then tournaments. And I remember I flew to Bangkok in Thailand for a, a, a social rugby tens tournament. And it was all social rugby, that, but there was like over 100 teams there from all over Asia. So it the was, other kids around were awesome. kind of, most of them were rich. Of um, you, you the mean other kids around here, Chen Jen at that time, yes. there were a lot of rich kids. Yeah, like the the, the rich rich um, like China, China has so many different levels of rich. Yeah, that's so. True. You know, it's kind of like you you've got you've got like the the second generation rich where the daddies all own factories uh -huh. and they just they will they never work and they never ne will need to work. Right. So their job is just to burn money. Because it literally comes so much faster There's than so they much can money, use it. do something. Yeah, and so th those are all the cars. The right. you know that's what you know. All the KTVs are occupied by these guys. The clubs, you know, all of the alcohol consumption of all the you know of you know any champagne. Right, that's right. all the, the the second generation rich because the people that really own the factories they don't. They're usually very busy, <laughs> and they're older. They're not. Yeah, so... they, they don't. They don't waste money on things on showy stuff, right? They mm. usually, you know, they drink at tea houses. You know, they go off to some far. So away the second place generation is what you call the Tuhao? Tuhao? Tuhao, um, yeah, or uh, Tuhao is also like the the one that got 
rich wow. quick. Yeah, the and farm, the farmer, farmer rich. rich. Yeah, like they, they have no taste. Yeah, that's, that's like right. in Colombia, we had the drug dealers. That would be a too high. <laughs> the too high in yeah. Colombia. Like, so you're nobody, and all of a sudden you're a billionaire. Like, that's right. That would be the too high. So you buy stuff. It's all ugly. We call them magicians. Can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but I mean, I meant actually uh, more like uh, the the expat kids. No, the expat kids. Yeah, I mean, if their if their parents were like. If their parents were like either in oil or if they were uh, as pilots, they would always go to those international schools. And I think I think they were well off, but it was mainly. But a contract is all relative. Like usually, their housing is provided by their company, or everything like that. So it didn't necessarily mean that they would just have you know right money to burn and, their and parents. And uh, do you feel sorry you didn't go to an international school? Or to a Chinese school, even? Um, yeah, I mean, a Chinese school would have been great. A foreign language school, my Chinese would be a lot better, for sure. How is your Chinese? I don't know. I, I'm, I, think Mama his, I think his would be better. I think yours would be better. <laughs> I don't, yeah. So the three of us. Thank you, but I, I don't think I think so. the three of us, no, it's I not think, something we I think you're probably in. better, but uh, uh, it's not uh, as good as you'd want it to be, right? Not <laughs> as good as I'd want it to be. And I think that's how it always should be. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a mountain you're always climbing, right? Um, and sometimes it's not, it's not knowing Chinese. It's kind of knowing the right Chinese, you know, it's like, it's like, as yes. long as I know this, this much, this little, this little category, this level, I'll be good. This so can your problem me. is that your Chinese girlfriend speaks English. Yeah. 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 She speaks perfect. English. <laughs> That's my problem. Her, the same. My yeah, wife. All right. Um, but you got into the fitness business or the fitness industry. Mm. Um, right. at what age did you make that decision? What led you to to pursue yeah, you're that. quite you're quite big and strong. Were you always like this when you were 15? I was younger. Yeah, I was good. Younger, yeah. I was an, an, even more. I was an Adonis. Yeah. So how did it start? <laughs> I was a Greek basically, god. Now I'm these... I'm withering. Are you <laughs> withering? Because withering. of the ruins or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm withering. I think after a lot of work, you start to like it starts to go the other way. You you, you use lose that young sort of. Well, look at us and feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how did how did it? Yeah, so like Fernando said, how did it start? It started when I was in. China, my older brother came to visit me in, in Shenzhen. And, um, I was at that time I was gymming and doing martial arts, like on a daily basis I, mm -hmm. I didn't spend my time doing anything else. Pretty much. I was just, okay. I was just, you know, reading bodybuilding.com, um, buying every fitness magazine I could get my eyes on and just training it. I was just obsessed with it. And he go, gave me this idea, and I'll never forget, this is a conversation that, again, stuck in my head, and it's been in my head for a long time. He was like, John, why don't you train people? And I remember when he said that, I was like, is that even a thing? I thought it wasn't even a thing. When I, was I thought that? it was what, a joke. When was that? Like, How old were you? I would have been like 18, maybe okay. 17, 18. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe around 18. And um, he, yeah, he's like, you should train people. You should be a personal trainer. And I, him saying that, I, I didn't... I didn't, it's not that I didn't know what that was, like what job that was. I didn't even know what a person, like I, it was a new word for me. It was uh -huh. an entire new, and I was like, what does that mean? I was like, what does that mean? What, 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 what do you do? <laughs> what, like, what do you do when you do that? Right. Um, and he was like, you, and he, he said, he said, <laughs> he, you tell people, because my, my brother's, he, he, um, he, he him, contrary to me, he's grown up a lot in the U.S. and he's yeah, he's extremely successful in the U.S. Very hard, you know. Americans have that real hustle, like get it done, kind of a, 
you know, they're aggressive. They, you know, very hard sales, right? He was like, John, you tell people, you say, do you want to look like Arnold? I'll get, I'll make you, I'll make you look like that. I like Arnold, and I was like, yeah. that's brilliant. That, and it, it, it stuck in my head and I was like, that's it. It's the first that's sales That's my speech. sale. I'll just say, do you want to look like Arnold? I'll do that. Like that, <laughs> that I will, I'll, I'll do I'll that. I'll take you I'll there. do that thing for you. So that was, but first yeah. of all, you say your brother, your brother. I mean, mm. I, I just want to say. You have six. You're six. You have I, five brothers. I have five brothers. Yeah. You have five brothers. Five brothers. And they're like, you are the. I'm number four. You're number four. I'm number four. I, I have an older sister. Well, just quickly, where are they now in the world? All of them are in Australia or in the U.S. Okay. Uh, I'm just here with Alan. That's so it. It's just me and you're Alan. You're in China, Australia, and the U.S. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, how did you get your first customer? Uh, first Arnold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. your first Arnold uh, wannabe. Yeah, at that time, my mother was in China, and I was like, "Mom, I'll train you." <laughs> so yeah. my, my mom was like, "Okay, okay, okay, go try." But, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you warmed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then there was um, I remember some friend some friend was like, "Can you know? Can you teach me stuff?" And I said, "Can you just pay me fifty renminbi? Can you pay me?" And I remember that if it was fifty right. renminbi. Um, and I was kind of like, because personal training is personal training. It's something that I've become very, very good at. It's been able, it's, it's, it's your ability to connect with someone. Mm -hmm. It's not the, the guidance, the, the information is not what it's about. It's the, your ability to connect and motivate someone. That, that's the craft. And I was developing this craft. So it's coaching. It's, yeah. It's not about... Uh, All the information yeah. you can find online. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, the, the just, science right. is there. The, the science and the methods are there. It's, like it's how good of Google. a leader, motivator... That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, you're inspiring people to change themselves. And it's there's a technique because everyone's different. And sometimes you have to be like a drill sergeant... You know, other times you have to be like really encouraging, like, you know, maybe say a lot of words of encouragement throughout and before. Sometimes people like it when you ask them about their day, like, you know, Sally, for example, she'd be like, like how was your kids? Tell me about your kids. Okay, let's go. And they're exercising as their converse. You know, it's, everyone's different. So you have to learn when, how to. When, when did you engage. realize that? Um, that? I mean, this this is this was yeah. the, the journey I took. Right. Um, and then as I became good at it, it just, it was, it, it, I became very busy, very, very busy, very ah, fast. Very quick, very busy. Very busy, very fast. Yeah, but, uh, so what did you, the first one was 50, but. 50 RMB, my last client, and this is, yeah. I'm not, I'm not boasting, I'm not joking. This is like, this was normal. My last client was a thousand RMB for 30 minutes. And I was sick of it. I was like, I, I, I the 30 <laughs> minutes, I, I, I wasn't like. Oh, good sir, good honor. I like it was like no, no, get in, go run, and I would be sitting there like I can't. Why? When you say your last is, you don't do it anymore. Or I mean your I, latest. My, no, no, yeah, my, my last client. Okay. I don't, I don't do any personal training now. Um, but I am like, if someone's like, do, 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 can you train me? The what I do is I say buy, buy like access to my club, my little gym, what I got here, but, and then train with me. Yeah, I'll train at these times every morning. You just join me. Oh, oh, so you're selling like, the membership. And yeah, you, I'm just like selling the club. Like this, just the I club. don't train so, you. I yeah. allow you to train no, with me. With me, yeah. yeah. Tell me why. Yeah. You said you were sick of it. Why? Because personal training. I think. I think I was. I. I think from beginning to end. Let's say. Let's say six, seven years, uh, maybe eight, was the entire time that I. I, I did personal training. Every time you're personal training, you're giving. There's so much energy you're giving. It's yeah. motivation. You're, you're doing great. You're doing great. And sometimes you just don't have any more. And you reach a point where you've 
years and years of you just motivate, you kind of like need some motivation yourself. Okay. And I, towards the end, I just, I was just exhausted. It I got was mentally out. exhausted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, was, uh, that, that makes sense. Happens. And when people say train me, they say train me to lose weight or train me to, to do a specific sport, a specific event. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. mud races, like stuff like that. Most of the time, at least what I believe and what I've taught, because go, going further, I opened up a lot of gyms and I had trainers. So I would, um, I would, uh, I would train, I would train them to train trainers, All not right. to train people. All right, let's continue cool. after the break. All right, guys, we're gonna see you in a couple of seconds. Don't go anywhere. Boom. All right, guys, so we're back and we are going to play the first of our two games in our podcast. So, John, this is called This or That Zip. How does that work? So we're going to give you choices, uh, two choices which you need to choose and then let us know why you chose what you chose. Okay. All right. Cool. So, Zip, when are you beginning? All right, I'll start. Okay. And by the way, we, we're going, we are on Instagram right now, right? Like, well, yeah. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, we are on my Instagram live. We <laughs> are live right now. We want to do a lot more of this kind of setup, so keep an eye open for All right, uh, so my first, my first oh. this or that is uh, leg day or chest day? Mm, when I was young, leg day. Now, chest day. Why? Because now I'm getting older, my back, my knees are not as strong, so... Chest day is easier? easier? Yeah, chest day is kind of like... A ch the chest is a muscle you can brutalize a lot, but legs, deep, heavy squats, you know, it's not something you can do as you get so older. So you're going to end up like uh, this? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, am I going to end up with flamin flamingo legs? I'm I don't know. I'm That's what my wife like calls me. <laughs> yes, I'm scared, though. If, if that starts to happen, I'll go back to leg. <laughs> leg, leg, leg. All, right, All right, my question. Um, uh, in terms of diet, keto or paleo? Uh, keto or paleo? Paleo. Keto is a high-fat diet. It's a diet where you're primarily eating fats. Paleo diet being from the paleolithic era um and that is like when you only eat things that are grown how does that work i, I don't quite i know that's the crossfit diet right mm -hmm. um okay so probably just short short answer i would go keto keto because i did keto before i never did paleo but keto uh is very good for losing weight right mm -hmm. i did that for burning it walked yeah, well. it's a good fat burning uh, diet. The thing that you all have to remember about fat burning diets, diets that when, when you do them, you, you lose fat is you, one, you lose a lot of weight and two, you lose a lot of energy. Mm. So don't expect, don't look at a guy, uh, some guy or girl on Instagram who has amazing muscles and say, Oh my God, I can see their abs that I want to try a weight loss diet. Right. That diet and that picture have nothing to do with each other. The in order to get a large amount of muscle mass and to, to have biceps, abs, you need a lot of energy, right? So those two don't go together. But I did, keto, I did keto and it worked. I lost a lot of weight uh, a couple of years ago and uh, I was not tired. I had energy mm -hmm. even more than usual. Um, but maybe maybe not energy for fighting or, or, or <laughs> something like that, I guess. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I got next question. All right. <laughs> so this one is cars or women? Women, women. <laughs> I'm not, I am not a car guy. You're not a car guy. Yeah, go Definitely. somewhere else. I'm not a car guy, I'm, and I'm not a watch guy. That's no? What, yeah, yeah. So simple guy. Someone's like, do you know that car? I'm like, don't care. No. Don't care. I'm the same. Fernando hates don't you right care. now. <laughs> he is. Yeah. But you recognize my car. Yeah. All right. Uh, question yeah. about boxing, because you say you like boxing. Tyson or Mayweather? 
Tyson, Tyson, Mike Tyson all day. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. If you take take every other boxer, put them all together, I'd still choose Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's the greatest. Mike Tyson is the absolute greatest boxer that's ever walked this planet, <laughs> ever. What's all right. I mean, he's, second greatest he's, is Tyson. He's a cool Fury, and funny dude. He was too. named after Mike Tyson. <laughs> he's, he's my big hero. All right. So boxing still uh, offense or defense? Uh, defense. Defense is longevity in a fight. If you want to box for a long time, don't go offense. Offense, uh, you're going to get hit a lot. Even if you don't get hit, you're going to block. But it's a lot of impact to your body, your frame. So a more better strategic fight for boxing is defense. The longest. Makes sense. Yeah. The, makes sense. Uh, Muhammad Ali, defense. Yeah. Ed Money Mayweather, defense. Right? It's about defense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Monster or Red Bull? I, I think Monster. that's. Monster. Monster all day. I love these guys. They What's need the difference? I don't know. It's just the taste, the, 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 the component. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I find uh, a Red Bull a bit syrupy. I don't like it. It seems a bit too thick. It seems a bit artificial. This tastes artificial, but uh, Red Bull just seems still, a bit more. It's still not sponsored by Monster. And Red Bull, if you want to sponsor us, don't listen to don't what listen he's saying. Don't listen to this guy. Okay? <laughs> this is the first time I try Monster and I'm like, I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is this the first time? Yeah. Oh. I usually have a Red Bull, but not Monster. I, I can crush these bad boys. Give me, yeah. Three, <laughs> three maybe. All a right, day. next one. Uh, the beach or the pool? The beach. The beach. I just I was in the beach yesterday. I'm a yeah, I'm a beach I can guy. see it pretty red. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got yeah, burnt. Yeah, you got burnt. <laughs> I was actually worried about this interview because I was like red like yesterday. Which which okay, which beach? Is your favorite? Um, if uh, we're talking about Shenzhen, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We, well, let's start. <laughs> let's just say Shenzhen. Keep it relevant. There's a beach um, that I went. I went to. I went for my birthday, and I took my mum there. Um, it's in Dapeng Bay. I find that particular beach, it's a private beach. It's very not nice. private. Private, anybody can go to it. Yeah. But it's still like private because it's not, not so easy to find. Xichong okay. or Dongchong? Dongchong, uh, Dong Xichong, I don't really like. Dongchong is kind of, th th those are a bit too commercial now. Back in the day, like let's say eight years ago, those were great spots, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's overrun now. It's yeah. absolutely overrun now. Yeah, you, everybody's uh, it's your turn now. Yeah, it's my yeah, turn. Yeah. All right. Um, Khabib or McGregor? Khabib. Khabib. The beast. Khabib. He's an yeah. Animal. I mean, I, Khabib McGregor, I have huge respect for him. But um, as a fighter, he's also he's primarily a promoter. He's a great fighter as well. Um, and I like the way he's promoted himself. He's built his value. But the way he did it is by being a smack talker, by talking shit. And yeah. it's, it is a way to do it and nothing against him. I don't believe he means half of the things he says. He's just he's, he's like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. I need to make money now. I need to do, get as much as I can so my kids can go to college, right? That's, that's yeah. his, I get that. But the way Khabib did it is he stayed very respectful. It's maybe a bit longer. I believe he will reach the same value as McGregor, but he's done it in a way that I kind of admire more. Meaning, like, if I had kids, I would say, hey, don't follow that guy. Don't, don't listen to that guy, McGregor. Watch, listen to this. I guy. love that, that uh, press conference when, before the fight, when he's just talking smack about him and he's just... Yeah, he's just... He's just, just collected and just... Yeah. Ugh. And, and usually fighters that don't play the smack talk game don't get famous. But Khabib, just just by being the way he is, he did, he said the right things, and he's now rising. He's still behind, mm -hmm. but he's he's. I believe he's gonna. So he, be, he's got your respect, but McGregor yeah. is the guy that everybody is like. Oh. Yeah, it's it's too much, too much. He's he's too much. He needs to calm it down now. He right. can't be hitting <laughs> old people in bars and stuff like that. <laughs> right. All his fans are gonna be like, "Come on, dude! You, he's, he's gonna start dropping away. His fans are gonna start." All right. Him. My next question is. Uh, Shenzhen or Brisbane? 
Um, I would say Shenzhen. If I did, if I did have a pick of the two, I would say Shenzhen. Shenzhen is there's a lot of opportunities. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of obstacles. Um, there's a lot of things you have to get through. You know, it's not all fun and games, but you know, nothing good ever is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still good to be in a place where you know all the latest stuff is happening. Shenzhen is the epicenter of anything to do with technology. It's all going to start here. And I like I like that I like to be the one you know the first to the party kind of guy right I like you know I saw that first I like that. <laughs> last one Fernando yeah I'll finish it up okay uh, this is gonna be a little bit insulting but I'll ask Instagram Twitter Facebook or YouTube four choices well, for yes. Instagram right. Twitter because uh, we're live on Instagram over yeah. there but <laughs> I'm actually not so good at either of them but it would probably be Instagram. Um, in, in the sense that I need to get better at using it. I'm not that good at it. My big platform that I like is LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn. Link, I like LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn too. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Because you, the thing about LinkedIn is you can choose your community. Mm-hmm. And if someone is posting or is engaging with your feed in a way you don't like, you can easily be like, bye-bye. You can kind of choose your followers and you can keep your network strong and you can all work with each other, right? All right, John. So that was this or that. Thanks for playing, man. Love all right. It. So let's continue our talk. We were on fitness. We were on we fitness, yeah. Um, fitness, you were saying that you, you just uh, kind of got sick with personal training. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got, were actually making good out. money, but yeah, you yeah. got burnt out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but what, is it? what was that question? Yeah. I, I you, you had, you had how something. much money you were making? or yeah. So how much money can you make in a month as a personal trainer? I mean, um, well, yes, because I went, I went from a, a bear, I, I went, I took my price about to the highest it possibly could. And this happens in many service-based businesses. And I guess that depends you know, on the city too. Yeah, oh, it depends on the city for sure. Like you, you, you'll, you'll raise your, your per hour value, let's say, but then also your network will start, your, your clientele will drop because people can't afford that. So right. they'll say, look, I'll have to go to this other trainer. So it all kind of becomes relative. And I did do the numbers. I remember back when I was personal training and I kind of couldn't break uh, like half a million renminbi a year. I couldn't break that. I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. get any higher than that. And that was like, I remember my Monday, my Monday, I worked, I worked like six, I remember it was a 16 hour day. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> 16 oh, hours okay. a day. So that's a lot. I would train someone and on the side I'd be chewing protein bars and drinking milk and like go, 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 yeah. <laughs> And I would not <laughs> stop. So you can make half a million renminbi a year, which is what? Uh, $70,000? $70,000. Yeah. I remember right. it was around this much. And that's how I, that's the money I used to, 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 later. to, to grow my first but gym. But still on the, mm-hmm. as a personal trainer. So, you know, we think that some people watching our channel are people that uh, are thinking about China. They haven't been here. They haven't worked here, but they're thinking of coming here. So if someone is watching that is, uh, in, is a personal trainer in whatever, Ireland or wherever, um, do you recommend people to come here pursuing this career in China? Um, do I recommend it? Uh, now it's extremely different. It's very, very different. In what and sense? I mean, I don't, I don't, um, so, so, so the question specifically being there's a personal trainer overseas yes. wants to come He's to China, his home country, yeah, whatever. And he wants to be a personal trainer here. I would say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're in a, in a well-developed city like Shenzhen. What's happening now is you'll have a lot of Haigui, right? Uh, so this second is generation. Coming, they're coming back. Yeah, coming they've back. Got, overseas students. Yeah, they're they're like they've got a health and science degree or something, and they'll come over and they'll enter into the 
into the the, the fitness of, scene. Yeah, okay. and they're likely to have that edge. And even it's it's not it's foreigners like a, a white person training here is not a, or just let's say a foreigner. Uh, is I don't think has as much leverage. How about how about how about I mean because a lot of countries' economy uh, not, not so good right now. <clears throat> how about uh, even gyms, right? Some gyms are looking for trainers. You're coming for a job at the gym that is maybe upscale gym, mm -hmm. um, maybe entering China in that way. You know, I'm sitting at home in Ireland and like I, I want to get out of here. I want to go to China. What can I do? What do I know? I know personal training. It's still, you would say, better not? No, I don't. I, I think they'll have a great time enjoying the cultural change and enjoying the different sides of the industry here versus back in their home country. That It'll be a good learning experience. Okay. But if they're like, I want to make more, I want to grow, I don't, I don't okay. know. There's a lot. They have to, there's so much ad adaption you have to do for the language, for the culture. Right the working, the living, the business environment that you would have to do and have all of that set before you could even think about being successful as a personal trainer. Because that's one, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about and I wanted to ask you because I think that the business of fitness, it's somewhat different in China as it is in the West. Mm -hmm. um, I asked you during the preparation about um, the certifications and how do gyms make money, how do coaches make money. So why don't we talk a little bit about the, the business of gyms themselves mm -hmm. um why why do they open and close every five minutes mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, i mean short short answer is rent it's mm -hmm. rent having this fixed cost on a business that relies so much on members like so so say for example one day you don't sell a single membership and then the next day you'll send sell five it, it's not it's not like a restaurant where you can it, you can have some form of consistency it's extremely inconsistent. Second is huge competition. Back in the day when I first came here, there was not many gyms and this was a relatively right, new Right, I thing. remember. No gyms. Yeah, you, you could add something special like some new machine or a foreign coach or yeah. some cool brand name or some cool innovative way of marketing and you would stand out so much you would get all the business. But then everyone started doing that and suddenly it became too much competition. Right. And now you throw a stone, you'll hit a gym in Shenzhen. It is it is a gym how, for everyone. How, how, maybe explain, give us the insight of how do gyms work in China? What's the, what's the model? Um, uh, yeah, uh, specifically for China, you would, uh, a gym business is where you have to, there's a huge capital investment in the beginning because of, of equipment, especially if you want to buy equipment that will last a long time. You're building a gym and you're thinking, okay, five years, I have to have this baby still open. You're buying equipment that'll still be good, durable, and you know, and you can imagine the wear and tear that it would have yeah. on those five years. It still needs to be standing. So that means there's a quite a substantial expense there. So you need a large amount of money right at the beginning, right? You need to do, you know, you obviously need to renovate the place. You need to you, you maintain it. Maintain, yeah, you, you're mandatory. You need to have showers. You have to have bathrooms. I mean, it. it like looking at the numbers when you're opening, let's say you're opening up an office, uh, some other business, a trading company, and you're in an office, there's usually a bathroom that is a communal use of the office, right? Yeah. For the guy across the neighbor or whatever. And you'll pay like a high management fee. But with a gym, you need to have your own bathroom. And that cost alone, just on renovation, is, 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 is something you need Quite to think high. about. Yeah. So um, a lot of times people that want to open up a fitness gym, at least in one, one of these scenarios, will be a fitness person. 
So they love doing gym. Like, like myself when I was young, I loved pumping iron. I thought I was the next Arnold Schwarzenegger and I just want to be in my happy place all the day, right? That's it. But the problem is, is I don't make enough money on personal training to fund, you know, to pay rent, to pay utilities, to pay staff, to pay for renovation, to pay for all this equipment. So then I, I have to find people that do have this money, right? So I got to say, come on, help me. Let's do this together. And usually the way it's done in China is you, you, these fit, the, the fitness community will acquire the, the investment from, let's say, the money people. Let's call them that. And then they will need to quickly make this money back. They'll need to just pay it, pay it off. Yeah, they'll need to at least show, show a certain amount of earning uh, to, to honor the investment, right? Maybe it's not – they'll just say, give me my money back at this, let's say, six months after opening. And then I'll continue to, you know, encourage. Like, to and when we talked about it before, you said, and this is why they are they are just trying to get the customers in. Yeah, they yeah. don't really care too much about the customers. Some gyms, I guess. Yeah, they'll pack them in. They'll just be like, like for you, sell six six years. I'll yeah, sell, you know, yeah. They'll give you this. They give you that. They'll, they just need that money to pay off the investor, so the investor's happy. The investor is happy with the investment he's made, and he's maybe happy to invest more should they need it. Mm -hmm. And then they start running the actual business, right? So so another question you asked me earlier was you were, you were, you were talking about membership. Right. So when you get deep into into gym gym business, is the size of the gym right. dictates its membership capacity. Right. That's something I don't understand. Maybe you yeah. can explain more. Yeah. So my my all the gyms that I made only had a capacity of about six hundred. How do you calculate that capacity? It's, ba it's based on the on the, on the actual size of the the floor space, but also kind of. Okay, so there are people that are they're your morning, they're, they're your your you know your right. your morning. They want guys, to get right? it out of the day. <laughs> and then then you got your your you know lunch break people, right? You know they got the housewives, right? And then you got your quick out of work people, right? And then you got you know the the, the evening slot, these certain slots, and the. So the, how many slots? Like, what's the common know-how? That's what you're telling us. Yeah, obviously the biggest slot is after work, so it'd be six, maybe till ten, right? So you've got to think this biggest space. How many people can I fit in here? And what's the average consistency per week? Let's say usually it'd be about two, but if you're if you're generous, you say about three. So the average customer, if you push them, and usually this applies for personal training, will enter your gym three times. Without, with motivation, but without a personal trainer, let's say two, Three without motivation, without a week, a week, they come in a week. Three times a week. So you, you, so about once a week. So you, you kind of like, you, you do all the, 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 the math, the math the and then you're like, <laughs> we need 600. After you have 600, your business is, it's circuit, it's going, it's in a, in a circle and it can keep going. Then you can maybe look at a second location. So you but can, wait, so, okay, I get that. Makes sense. And I'm sure there are many small details there. Uh, what's the percentage of those people? I'm sure you know some of it. But uh, what I'm interested to know is, so I, I, see, I think I see gyms that maybe can fit 600 people, but they sell 2,000. Yeah. So, so what, what's there? I mean, also there is the percent of how many people don't show up. Mm -hmm. Zero right. times a week. Or I think one a lot of businesses are counting on that. That's so right. how does that work? Like, what's what's? The yeah, thing? I mean, if they sell two thousand, they've 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 done very they've done extremely well financially. Yeah, but maybe they'll have a problem. Yeah, yeah, but they need to honor those memberships and stay open. And yeah, yeah, and and like if someone's for six years, then they have to think, okay, we've got all of that. Maybe we've got some cash in the bank. So maybe we can, for a few months, we can pay all the utilities, rent and everything. But now we're, we need to start finding new people to pack in here 
or we need to find <laughs> new ways to sell these people, sell them, you know, smoothies or sandwiches or, mm -hmm. you know, sell them a T-shirt or some, you know, <laughs> get them to an event we organize. And that's it. when it's all starting to go down. Yeah, that's <laughs> when it gets it gets technical. So I know there's a, like a very common con that was done when I first came here was they they sell all the memberships and the guy would run away with the money. That happened all the time. Yeah. All wow. the time it happened, but now it it doesn't happen as much because you know, you know consumer protection. Yeah, it's it a lot of legal stuff. It, to it, sorry, in the in the, in the yeah. setup of a of a gym, for example, um, how do you how do you plan for the the type of machines that you're going to buy, uh, and I mean because for example, you buy a machine for legs, but you have. 40 people coming at that particular slot. So mm. how do you determine how many leg machines you're going to buy or different kinds? Or mm. Yeah, this is there's an art to this as well. I should give like a full seminar on this. Yeah, this is, well, you should. This yeah. is another a very, very good question because so what you want to do is you want every piece of equipment takes up space. So in a sense, that, that piece of equipment needs to pay its rent out Correct. of your entire space. So you want, you want equipment. The, the first rule is, the first secret, I'm going to tell this. This is my little, this is my little secret. secret here. The secret <laughs> is you got to get a piece of equipment that a woman uses. Gotta, because a, if a woman uses it, it's, you get a personal trainer on that, then that baby's making you money. The only way that that machine can re return you money is if it's, if, if it's used in a personal training program. Like, you, you, you've gone into a rabbit hole. This is very, very deep. Yeah, we're going deep. Yeah. So I would never buy calf raise machines. No woman would, would want their calf raise what is machines. It? What calf, it's like, it's like the a one movement. That you, kind of like you yeah. put on your tiptoes. Ah, and okay, okay, useless. Okay. Absolutely useless for making they money. they don't use it. It's expensive, <laughs> takes up a lot of room, and the only guys that want to use it are the massive bodybuilders. Massive bodybuilders never want to pay for a gym membership. They always are like, what's the lowest membership you can sell me and can I bring my entire family with it? You're about to open a gym. You, you, better, you better listen right yeah. now. Yeah. Whereas a woman who's well off, some rich housewife who wants to come in and do personal <laughs> training, she's my target. She will keep my business open. So I don't want a bunch of bodybuilders around her that scare her away. So I do not want those machines. Okay. I want Fernando the, is dying to ask stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Overweight woman or fit woman? Well, Who's a better customer? China as a, as a country, in its culture is not overweight. Like when you compare it to countries like America or the West, right? <laughs> yeah. It is. So you, uh, you, women that are somewhat plump, right? A little mm -hmm. bit portly. They're like, oh, I want to tone up or I want to stay. As I get older, I don't want, I want to still stay toned. Yeah. Right. That's kind of your, that's, that's your customer. That's a better customer? Yeah. That's, that, that is the best customer. And I don't mm -hmm. think it's just for because trying to keep for, coming. They, they'll keep coming. They'll keep coming. They're uh, consistent. The fat woman yeah. probably will give They're up. They're motivated. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> a very large woman would need a very good personal trainer who motivates her. And she shows up not to lose weight, but to see him. So, so, so for people <laughs> that don't know. he makes her feel good. That's, that's personal training. <laughs> that's personal that's training. one of the ways to motivate, like yes. you said, right? Yeah, yeah. So for people that don't know, they haven't been to China and, and maybe they go to gyms uh, in the West. How, how does gym membership works? We kind of mentioned it, but we didn't say it. So in China, you pay yearly, right? A year, yeah. Or even, Fernando, how many Up years front. you paid for? Well, the thing is that when, when, when I walk to the door and they say, like, okay, it's like 3,000 a year, and like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that shit. Right. Um, how about five years? How about three years? How about six years? And then it kept on going down. So I'm like, okay, help. Because the cash at that point so was you, not a big issue for so me. you bought I just, a membership for six years yeah, up 12, there 000. in advance. Yeah, 12,000. I think anyone in the U.S. watching you think you're fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought I was nuts when I walked up to the gym and it was closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, yeah. what's yeah, yeah. your story? So they 
They sold you. Yeah, basically, they get like a customer database, mm. and then they sell it to another gym, and then they told me, okay, now now you go to that gym over there. But it's I made a video about that. They respect yeah. your membership. You well, can. yeah, they do. They did honor it. Yeah. Uh, for example, I bought the VIP service, right. so I was also VIP at the other at right. the other gym. Right. And then five months later, the same thing. So in six years, I went to four different gyms. Wow. On the and and the rates were higher at that other gym, so I just kept on. What? Upgrading oh, my. What, so you had, you say four different gyms in six years. Yes, four different gyms so, in six years. So I, when I came to China, yeah, actually we didn't. Uh, um, there weren't gyms. There weren't gyms uh, almost, and then the Total Fitness was there first. Mm -hmm. So, John, what is the what's the cheapest yearly gym membership you've seen here in China? Uh, yeah, two grand, one thousand eight hundred. That's in Shenzhen. Yeah, yeah, probably but these less are like, in other cities. Yeah, like uh, out in the sort ah. of more far out places. And what's the the most expensive? Highest one? like eighteen, twenty two, twenty eight a, a month. Yeah, a month. A month. What do you mean? 20? Like hotel gyms. Twenty eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. No, twenty eight thousand. Oh, yeah, twenty eight thousand a year. Sorry, twenty eight thousand. But it's a year. In, inside a inside a hotel. Okay. Usually, right. hotel gyms kind of go up to this. This because you uh, get like they, jacuzzi, but, you mm -hmm. get a pool. You are they get good? You like hotel gyms? Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah you, you like feel it? you feel like you feel like a baller, right? right. <laughs> uh, with who you are today, you can just go to any gym and work out. They let you in for free, um, knowing the industry and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, some some of them I've, I've still got really good relationships with, but it, yeah, the the gym industry right now is still evolving. It's still growing. We're in in a tech uh, savvy city, so a lot of Technologies coming coming into the in, into, into the, the industry. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I want to talk about certifications because when my wife joined the gym, uh, there were there were coaches like, oh, I can train you, oh, I can train you, oh, I speak English, so I can train you both. But I was like, but who are you? You're just a big guy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how that works in China. Mm -hmm. um, could you give us an idea of? of Yeah, yeah, I mean, right when I first came, education, like fitness education, was really lacking. But from what I've seen right now, especially in a place like Shenzhen, even South China as a whole, yeah. is, is the level of, of qualification the, in the, of education is extremely high. A, like all the big um, fitness educating bodies that are in, in the West are all here. They all have an office here. They all provide bilingual education, everything like that. So most... Most, but but see, this is this what is, would be some of those names of, of those um, um, like ACE, the American uh, Council of Exercise. That's probably the top one. That's okay, the the best one. Um, uh, let, let me think of another one like um, NASM, NASM, uh, N A S M. Mm -hmm. So that'd be the National Academy of Sports Medicine. That one is that's another big one. Uh, my one was ISSA, the International mm -hmm. Sports Sciences Association. There's, there's so many. There's so there's so many. Every time they're, they're always being they've always been created because in the U.S. to create it, you, it's like you'd need a, a like a, a board like of, of educators that yeah. are all, all backed. Then you then you apply to have this accreditation. Mm -hmm. Once that comes through, mm -hmm. yeah. It's funny that you're, you say you're... you ask this, Fernando, because you as a foreigner, I think you care about that. Yes, you you, you think about that. The Chinese. Customers even us? Not really. They just want someone that looks that is the you know that's that, the way that I want to look. Part. Yeah, <laughs> I want to look part. like Arnold. But but that's that's the thing. Coming back to and I think this is the point I was saying before is what I was telling. This is exactly the point I was telling before we played the game. Um, what I would tell my trainers that uh, when, when I opened up a gym, I'd get a team of trainers and I would coach them to coach clients. Right. So what I would tell them is I would say it's very important that you focus on your education, that you are up to par with the latest. And some of them in some aspects of fitness went much higher than me. 
like uh, exercise therapy. I had a couple of trainers that were masters of exercise therapy, way higher than my exercise therapy credit. But they were, they couldn't communicate with people. They couldn't connect with people. When they presented themselves, they presented themselves in the way that you just said, oh, you're a big person. They weren't a personality. They were like a cyborg. Uh-huh. So I was like, if you focus on your ability to connect, you will sell. So even if your education isn't the best, as long as you're safe, like say, for example, you're extremely safe. You've got your rehab is, is sorted, right? Your, um, your basic knowledge of, of fitness is good. But your, your connectability to the client is that, that still is very hard to find in China. You'll get people that just sort of come up. They'll do a bicep flex and they'll be like, do you want me to be your trainer? And you're like, no, I, I, you need to motivate me to be better than me. Sell, sell me. Like I, I'm impressed <laughs> with how you are, but that does nothing for me. I, I'm, I, I gotta go back so, home and like you said me. before, you figured it out. Yeah. But, so but I was like, stopped. you need to give like in a mental, mental way, you need to give that to your clients. You so need to think, do, yeah. do you, you think you're ever going to go back to this or maybe just for the few very special customers. I will. I will. We should yeah. save that for the next segment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's where it's going to get interesting. Yes. All right. And we are back with John Graham Harper. So John, you said before that you, you wanted to refer to that point. Are you going to train again, be a personal trainer in the um, future? Yeah. yeah. So my, the, my parent company, so the company that has invested into my dream business, Fight Federation, WCFN, yeah. Uh, is an AI personal trainer. So what they are developing is an AI mirror that will go into your home. And in that mirror, you'll be able to interact with a personal trainer just like you are right. on, when you go see a personal trainer. So you know, say, for example, you want to learn yoga. You would go to the mirror, you'd press yoga, and it would be like, hi, welcome, James. You're on you know, level six, you know, session 30. Are you ready? Let's relax. And this AI is interacting with you. And you're following the movements just like a, a one-on-one. So this is with a mirror, and this is something you are you are helping with, right? Yeah. So my IP, my content, me, John Graham, is in that mirror. So th- this is this is a dream for every personal trainer. A personal trainer. The reason you're a personal trainer, you're born to be a personal trainer. You don't you don't you, you, you become don't, one. Yeah. You, you, you're what you want to do is impact people. So the ultimate expression of a personal trainer is if you're able to impact more people. So if I'm able to go into this AI mirror and this mirror is sold all over the world, all homes all over the world and all train different millions. countries, I'll be able to train millions. So, so it's like a podcast, but for training. Yeah. But it's all set, right? So, I mean, if, before you say that the personal trainer is really like a coach, it's not about the muscles or knowing the drills. It's about how to motivate people differently. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it through a mirror? That's right. I mean, I have to, I have to put as much of my passion and enthusiasm through the mirror, like into the camera, which then goes in. So you can choose setting. I'm a lazy ass. Yes. Or, or, <laughs> no, so I need someone to yell at me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You record different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one thing that we were looking to do is have voice commands, right? And you can, you can have voice commands like, you know, put, so it'd be like, you know, you can do this. You're great. Or I can maybe say something harder. Like, why are you stopping? Stop being lazy. Get off your ass. Like I can have voice. So you do that. You record those things. And not only that, um, they're going, uh, I'm going to be a a call away. So you'll be able to schedule a call with me wherever I am in the world. And I could even FaceTime. So you, you can connect based on your subscription package. 
you know, like say every month you pay like $2, right? Yeah. And you get access to all my programs as they're updated. So you're going to be cloned? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> if it goes well. Yeah, yeah. So can you imagine you pay like an extra dollar and you can have like four calls with me in a month and, you know, you schedule, okay, I want Friday morning, eight o'clock, give me like a 10 minute boost. Or maybe, you, you know, they'll be like, oh, my shoulder hurts. So tell me what I should be doing. And I can, okay, it's good. Job. Like, don't do these programs. Do these ones. I want you to stay away from that one. Da, da. I can actually you, you talk said, to them. You said before, ask the hard questions. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Is there anything negative for this kind of way of, of, of training? Um, oh, you mean training at home with, yeah, with, yeah, AI? with AI? Yeah. Well, the only negative thing would be based on the uh, technology itself, whether or not it, it has the ability to keep you safe. Right in in your own home, right. if you're doing some stretch, like say, oh, don't go too hard, like don't hurt yourself, or don't use weight that's too heavy. So the the AI, the the negative side is if the AI isn't advanced enough for some situations where you may injure yourself. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, given the world situation right now, I I believe, I personally believe, after opening six gyms in total and being in the fitness room my entire life, I believe that we are entering. Uh, a whole revolution of home workout. I believe the home is going to be... Is it going to affect physical gyms? Like? I believe so. I believe well, I, I so. first heard about this kind of training with uh, when I was training for, for Ironman. There's something called Swift. I don't know. So it's like an online platform where you ride your bike on, yes. a, on a computer trainer. I know this and one, then yeah. you race other people. And, and now we have Peloton. Peloton. Um, so I think that you're right. This is the direction that personal training is moving forward. But I wanted to ask you a question in terms of equipment. Is this going to be tied to a certain brand of equipment? Are you guys going to sell your own equipment? Like do barbells with this or do dumbbells with this or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only the thing about the technology that um, my parent company has, it's the most superior technology out of all the other mirror brands that are in the world. And obviously, being in Shenzhen, where they have access to the best engineers, best mm -hmm. technology. So the technology is the the top selling points. But the furthest the technology's gone to when it comes to an AI personal trainer is only dumbbells. Okay. So you can see those interchangeable dumbbells I have down there. Yeah. That's probably where we'll go. We'll probably have one of those that you'll purchase with the mirror. Maybe that, maybe an exercise mat. But the whole thing with that I think should be the future is, is minimal equipment, highly effective, highly time um, efficient, and um, no trackers. No track, no track. If you're buying a mirror, you shouldn't have to, you know, oh, I forgot this. So I know I got to tune this and that. It should be just like a personal trainer. Hey, thing. how's it going? And boom, straight away. Pick up your dumbbells. That's it. No heart rate, nor. No, yeah. I, I believe if the, like, I, I'm, I, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but I think even the mirror in the future will be able to test your heart rate. Oh. It'll, it'll be able to see. Like, it AI technology is, is no how, how much is that kind of it's product no going to cost? I think it's on launch. It'll be about 7,000 RMB for the mirror. Really? I think, I think and then you pay membership. Then for, you pay subscription. Yeah, a buck, two bucks, five bucks. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Oh, this is it. interesting. And yeah. that's that's basically you download the package or is it streamed? It's streamed, yeah. So it'll be connected and you'll have the option. Do you want to upgrade your you know, Latin dance? You know, we're on... Uh, you know, level six has now been launched. Do you want to upgrade? And I'll be like, okay, no, I haven't done that in a while. Boom. Or maybe you're like, I don't want Latin dance. I only want to do yoga. I just want all of the yoga programs. So I just want to subscribe to every yoga, you know, master that is in this mirror, right? Who knows? You know, it depends on what, but that's, that, that's the ideal mirror is the mirror that has everything. It, it sounds like, I mean, yeah, AI, I mean, we all know AI uh, uh, can get creepy. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, what this means for for for, for <laughs> global domination, like Terminator, and <laughs> I was like that's another whole conversation. I mean, yeah. That I mean, is, anything <laughs> anything kind of crazy you can yeah. teach teach through the mirror. I mean. Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, I've got cardio boxing. I've got, like, basic weight training in, in a boxing sort of format. My, my thing is boxing because WCFN. So sort of what WCFN is, it's like me, it's my content in the mirror. So the bigger WCFN is, the bigger, right. therefore, I will be in the mirror. And the right. more likely people will so, buy so, my, okay. my subscription. So let's talk about that, WCFN, right? That's I mean, white I color. You got this here or these are the, from the yeah, fight? Yeah, that's wasting. Right. That's All right, wasting. so... That, White Collar Fight Night, right? This is, I think, how I got to know you a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> White Collar Fight Night, uh, what is that? Um, so uh, White Collar Fight Night is my White Collar Boxing Federation. It's a, a ranking system and a federation model that I built um, just for white collar boxers. In China? In China. Right. We're only in China. So, I mean, some, I've never heard about it before. I've heard about this, like about the concept. Mm -hmm. Some people don't know what's this concept. So it's white collar people, officers. Mm -hmm. and they uh, train and then fight uh, during a, a, a Thai night, a, a, a suit. You know, yeah, black tie night. Black tie night. Yeah, I can give you a little background. Yeah, give me some got, background. Time. What, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So white collar boxing originally started about 20, 25 years ago in New York. Uh -huh. And what happened was, is back then, um, maybe even earlier than that, uh, you had boxing gyms. So, you know, you can imagine these gyms where there's a guy like, I'm the trainer. What do you want to do? Huh? Hit the bag. This is what <laughs> you, you know, you can imagine New York, you know, you got these, these gyms that maybe are perhaps more money washing kind of businesses, yeah. right? Do people actually go in there and buy memberships to get fit? No, it was a place where you develop pros. You wouldn't be boxing unless you were pro. This is before boxer size or, you know, like punch right. it and get fit, ladies. This is way before. There was getting fit. There was aerobics. There was Jane Fonda. And then there and was then boxing. Were boxing clubs. And it was like boxing. Are you, why are you boxing? You must be want to fight. You must want to go pro. That was it. But then boxing gyms, you know, they want to go legit. So they needed customers to come in. But why would they come in? Why would you? The, the association of fitness and boxing wasn't something that was. It's only for competition. Yeah, right? it was only for fighting, right? So they came up with an idea. And it being in New York, they said, why don't we get some of these white collars to fight? We train them for three months. They fight and they fight for charity. And there's money to be made on the event side. The charity makes money. It's and the the biggest thing was the gyms got the memberships. The three months. They mm -hmm. created a, um, white collars, like to create a revenue stream with, with this community. Right. So that's where it started in New York, and then it quickly spread around, and it become kind of became a, a common thing. It's massive in the U.S., but it's it's huge in the U.K. Right. I, I heard like in the U.K. every weekend there's at least six events on. Like wow. Nonstop, nonstop. When did you start this? So this um, this came together. Um, when I, oh, the, wow, this is a long story how it started, but, uh, the parent company, I was, I was with the parent, I've been with the parent company for about eight years. The parent company is the AI, the AI Mary. Uh, yeah. What's the name? Fit, uh, Fire Now. Fire, Fire now. now. Fire Now. Yeah. Okay. So I've been with them for a long time and the, the first project we did together, I was actually first fitness video. I mm -hmm. first did my own f fitness video. My, like, imagine, um, 
you know, Jane T25. Fonda. Yeah, or Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, maybe not Jane, Jane Fonda. Think of like, think, yeah, or P90X, like P90X. <laughs> like, yeah, Tony Horton. I, I had my own little P90X thing, right? That was the first project I did. The second one was we wanted to build sort of an offline to Fire Nile's online. So I said, I'll build the gym and then you, you like Fire Nile will have its online presence as well, which mm-hmm. is like, which was developing into this into this AI mirror, right? But then that gym, you know, common story in Shenzhen, we had our eviction notice. And then I was, but before we got our eviction notice, we had already done two events of these white collar. Because I, I just thought, what, what, lots of people are asking me to do a white collar boxing event. And I asked um, the two investors, I was like, why do you guys want to fight? And they were like, yeah, let's try. And so we, I trained them to fight. They fought. We all had a good time. We said, you know what, let's do this again. But we still had the gym business, right? So we did it again, and then the, then we got our eviction notice, and we said, you know what? Why don't we just do the, the fight night? It's, it's easy to scale. We can do events everywhere. And then what we'll do is for the training part, we just connect with all the other boxing gyms in Shenzhen, get them to train the, 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 the fighters, people. the white collars. We just focus on the, the event, the platform. So that's, that's well, how we The main reason it. is marketing. Yeah, I mean, and it like, for you for Fire Now marketing for Fire Now it markets the other gyms. It's and it's it's a very light platform. It's very it's very light. There's not much cost other than of course the event itself. But um, it's a charge for the event. So yeah. So yeah, because there is actually two kinds of events. There's the gym events, and then there's the the like hotel events. So the hotel events, yes, those are very expensive. They cost a lot. How much but, does it cost to go to, to one of these? Um, well, for, for us to make it, it's like, it's maybe 250 to 350,000 oh. RMB for us to do it. Um, and to be honest with you, out of all the events we've done, one event we did, I think we made 5,000 RMB. Uh. Um, which obviously doesn't even cover the office or like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one other event we did broke even uh-huh. like on like, um, par every other event we've lost money. This is the, the hotel event. So it's just a marketing cost, right? So, so who, who pays for that? The parent company, the parent company. So actually this here, we're sitting in the, at the, and the ring, the uh, WF, uh, CFN, yeah. WCFN, uh, headquartered in the ring. Mm-hmm. And this, the big office here is the parent company yeah. fire now. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so they're doing it because they're thinking about the infinite game. That's right. I guess. Exactly. Right. And you're doing it because. I enjoy it. I yeah. It. I mean, it's your passion, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've done how many events until now? So yeah, we, there are two events. We've got two kinds of events. We've got the ones in the gym, which basically zero cost. We just go to the gym. We do the event. We get their network. We get their fighters. We start to build our database. So this is a small thing. It's very small. Very small. Maybe okay. 100 people. No show. food. Less, 60 to 100 oh, people. No, no food. No dinner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe it takes three hours and then it's done. Okay. Then we do the big hotel one which is the full gala, there's, you know, wine Yeah, and I can read there's a street dress code, bow tie, yeah, evening tie, gown. All of this, yeah. Right. So we, in total, we've done 31 events, 31. Mm-hmm. Probably oh, that's a lot. Seven, no, seven, seven or eight, I think, have been hotel ones. The rest are all the gym. Right. And who, who, okay, who ranks these fighters? I mean, uh, how do you know who you're going to fight? I mean... Yeah, so the, the, we have a, an assessment system where they do a one, we have a, a list of coaches that we use to spar. They do a one to two minute sparring session with each person that fights. 
at 80% intensity, 80% intensity on the participant side, not on the coach's okay. side, um, to assess their level. Once we have all their levels, then we start the matchmaking. And the matchmaking, to be honest with you, I don't do the matchmaking. I mm -hmm. outsource this because I don't want to – I encourage the matchmaking. I kind of have an idea. I say he would be good with him. But that match, that match needs to be qualified by a, a boxing professional, okay. either from like uh, the China Boxing Association, which we have the contacts there, or from some of the coaches that I know. So I don't, I don't matchmake everyone and am in full control. And even on the event itself – we hire a judging and ref team to come. Okay. So, so whatever they these say. These are part of the expenses, it? right? Yeah, yeah. So everything is very professional. Yeah, yeah. At least, yeah. And and who who which kind of people fight actually? Um, white I mean, collar, but yeah, white collar. One of the one of the best personalities that we've had is a guy from called Matron Lei. This guy is fifty years old. <laughs> fifty years old. He has three kids. He owns his own company. He's the CEO of his own company, and he's a government senator in uh, Yentian. And he fights. And he fights. He's fought five times and won five times. So you had to, he, he knew how to fight already in advance? or you He's just an enthusiast. He's just like, he, he just fights. Like he, the first time he's fought is with us, but he's just trained. He just, that's his, he's like, I love doing this. So boxing. he keeps, keeps going after <laughs> he's, he's so started. Hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's... What kind of liability release do you guys sign with these people? I mean, what if they get hurt? What if? Um, yeah, there's two documents they have to sign. One is obviously a waiver, and then the other one is like a medical release uh -huh. that they have to sign. And then every single event, we have two doctors there. Okay. And then not only that, but the ref. The ref, okay. So first and foremost, white collar boxing has a specific rule system that's mm -hmm. different to... Uh, amateur boxing. What are some of those rules? So the rule is um, we have uh, uh, no, okay, you can't have more than three TKOs in one round, no mm -hmm. more than four in one bout. Okay. And it's not three minutes, it's two minutes. Those are the most important rules. So if I, let's say for example, if I hit you, bam, you don't defend yourself, you get rocked. Uh -huh. And then I hit you again, you get rocked. That third one, the ref will step in and he'll give you a count. Uh -huh. In amateur boxing, I think your knee has to go to the ground mm -hmm. before the ref will step in. So the amount of damage that you can take before you get a count is, is very little. It's based, And a lot of people get upset about this. They say, oh, no, you know, I was okay. Why did you stop the fight? But it's just the way it is. We're just like, mm -hmm. we'd rather it be overly safe than have that. Happen. You guys wear helmets? Full helmet. Yeah, helmet, 16 ounce gloves. How many mm -hmm. rounds? Three two-minute rounds. So, so that TKO, so that's a TKO. If, if he steps in, that's a TKO. Mm -hmm. So that is, if, if he stops the fight, he's won by technical knockout, right? Okay. That process is not allowed to happen more than three times. Mm -hmm. So if he says, okay, you're okay, okay, fight again, and I do it again, then the second time he'll stop the fight. Okay. So, in, but, but, so for amateur and pro boxing, it's, it's way, way, you can go much further. You can take the person right to the edge, right? Yeah. So the ref is overly safe. So we've got the doctors, we've got the gear, we've got the, uh, an overly protective ref, we've got the good rules. So, so far, we've, I think we've only had one knockout. In, Hit the ground, chip. Yeah, one knockout. <laughs> one. That was a fun moment, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of TKOs, right? Because so, you're just like, sorry, guys. So, like, so is, it, is it more Chinese people uh, or foreigners? One, um, yeah, we've had, we've, when we first started, it was all, Chinese, uh, all foreigners, all expats. Now it's the other way around. 
which I, is good, right? Yeah, I can't get any expats to join. Really? Why? <laughs> they're, they're just then, like, it's me against all these, like, because they're usually the only expat, right? So uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's not me against the world. Me against the world. <laughs> but there was, I noticed uh, a couple of years ago, there were, yeah, there were yeah, some events. Yeah, it was all expats. All like, expats. We were struggling to get Chinese, and that, then re- now it's the other way around. Right. Yeah, I I I yeah. seen from your office because you took us into your office and we saw a lot of UFC stuff. Yes. Um what is your connection to UFC? What kind of work have you done with them? Because yeah. that's a pretty big organization. Yeah, there I mean that was that was a really epic experience that I had. It was so long time ago I connected with um Endeavor uh, or IMG. It's the parent company of UFC. So they 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 bought UFC and um I wanted to work for UFC. Mm-hmm. That, that was my goal. I was like, I want to, I really want to work for, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I belong in any other place other than UFC. I want to work for UFC China. So I met all the people in charge and I, and they were like, sorry, John, there's nothing opening up. We're still like new to China. This is before they opened up their big facility up in Shanghai. Uh-huh. So, and now they've only done, they've done an event in Shanghai, event in Beijing, event in Shenzhen. They've only done three events. So this was before all that. So I just maintained connection with them. I'm still, still talking to them. And then when Shanghai did that first event, I went up there, of course. I was like, yeah, you know, I, and then I was like a diehard fan, right? Then when Beijing happened, I went up there as well. And then with then when they wanted to do Shenzhen, they contacted me. Uh-huh. And they said, John, we're doing an event in Shenzhen. Can you be our local promoter? I was like this. And they're like, yeah, you're going to need to sign a contract. And everything. I was like, yeah, let's do this. This is, this is too this good. This is what I've been waiting for. This is for. so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I met all the important people. And um, they and I, basically my job was just to promote it. That was it was pretty it was pretty easy. I set up there some of the events leading up to the UFC. I helped set them up. And one one big crowning moment for me was I was the announcer at the open workout. Ladies. Yeah. No, not Bruce Buffer. No. Not, not, not the, In the Bruce red Buffer. corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what but, do you think of the, the um, Chinese UFC fighters? I mean, anybody who yeah, stands yeah. out. Zhang I Wei mean, Li is, yeah, oh, she's that tough. That fight. Yeah. She's amazing. She morphed her. She's brilliant. Yeah. Zhang Wei Li is real. I watch some. I don't watch a lot. She turned yeah. this woman into an yeah, extraterrestrial. Her face was swollen yeah. this big. That was unbelievable. That was, that was the last fight before the quarantine. You think you think the UFC will be big in here? UFC, I think, is is going to be the most dominant entertainment company. It's on the one of the fastest planet. growing entertainment. I think it is. We haven't even scratched the surface as to how big it'll be. And. Um, I think it's going to be massive. I, I, yeah. When did it start, UFC? Oh, wow. UFC, what, that, that's what's been 10? 20, no, it's 20, 27 years. So it's a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you're saying it's, it's growing fast now. Extremely fast. Right. Well, Extremely. What? They haven't so even, they barely touched China. You say your dream. And now they have Zhang Weili. Yeah. Your dream <laughs> is to um, work with, a, with UFC. Yeah, I mean, the way back then when I was applying for a job there, I was just like all of me, everything that I have, my entire history, I'm going into UFC. Doing what? What would you like to do there? Uh, probably most like a, pr- a promoter, helping them grow, like okay. helping them promote. Um, but now that I ha- kind of have my own federation and I've got my own thing going, I kind of, I would, I w- I'm very much in- interested in promotional partnerships with the UFC, especially right. for their China agenda. That's Why do you think, I mean, okay, Fernando, you recently, you really started uh, to like UFC, UFC yeah. and, and obviously you're into UFC. I'm not so much. What do you, what peop- why people like watching fighting? 
I keep clenching. I keep like... Why, why people oh, like it? Oh, I mean, oh. I, I can understand it more than like Formula One. I don't understand it at all. I mean, ooh, ooh, mm. ooh. Okay. No, that's on. NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, cars just, you know, unless there is an accident, then it's interesting. Or, yeah. um, but I mean, no, it's not that I don't understand it, but what makes, why is it the fastest growing entertainment company? Why is it so entertaining? I think it's, there's oh. two things. It's a, there's, in every human, there's an animalistic side, something that's primal inside of us when we had to fight to live, you know, to fight off some lion, you know, was trying to, you know, we, we had to fight to eat, right? So there's that side, but then also with, with MMA in particular, MMA, in my opinion, is the highest expression of, of sports performance. It's right. a combination, combination it's of very different martial arts. It's very interesting to see right. yeah. a, a jiu-jitsu master sure. going into yeah. a rest, against a wrestler or exactly. a striker yeah. or a grappler. It's just, that makes it so interesting because you see like two different uh, strategies or techniques in play and see who's coming out on top. Right, so yeah. there is, I, yeah, it's interesting. So imagine having a chess game where all the pieces are two. And then they fight for five, five minutes around, five, five minutes around. This is all different styles. Right, yeah. right. So, but what do you think about the, the example this gives? Is this a bad thing for, if you think about kids? Oh, or think, or do you think it's, it's... I think it's phenomenal. It teaches fighting spirit, overcoming, sportsmanship, really? respect. All of the greatest fighters in UFC right now are like, maybe Conor McGregor, I, I don't want to put him into this group, but they're very respectful. Well, at least they should be. They're encouraged to be, and they're, if they're not, people say, "Hey, that they don't." They speak. So Ill the UFC them. organization. They're based on making sure. Very, very, like you know, bowing, saying yeah, thank you, touching gloves, and there is a strong culture in martial arts and in MMA about right. being respectful. It's such a like it's it's it it's not just all loose and like oh yeah, let's just you know you know give the finger and yeah, it's not, like, like it's not a blood sport. It's not like um. Not like WWE, where it's all just, uh, it's, okay. it's a mess. That's the big thing. I mean, when, when I first heard about UFC, I thought like, oh, WWE, that's just a show. But yeah. when you see these people go at it like in re like for real, like, oh, this is nothing like WWE. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. These yeah. people are it's going phenomenal. at it. And they're at, they're, their ranking puts their level okay. at such a position that the person that they're fighting against it is, it is, it's not like they're like, oh, that guy's going to win easy. It's, it's always like, huh, who knows? You don't know who's going to win. They're eh? so well matched. So, so this always... MMA, right? So MMA is this combination of, of uh, martial arts, what is it, jiu-jitsu and kickboxing and, all right, kinds. Uh, yeah, all yeah. kinds. And so people keep coming into the UFC with, from different directions. Mm -hmm. But I guess it makes uh, fighters actually master several arts. That's yeah. right. That's what it's happening, yeah. I guess. That's right. And and the, what you were saying about when you were asking the question defense or attack, right? You need to learn how to defend against different martial arts as well, yeah. not just right. attacking the butt. How do you defend against a grappler? How do you defend against a striker or a kicker? You know what yeah. I mean? How does a boxer do yeah, MMA? In MMA, that's very bad. Very bad. To be honest, he uh, take do it, it, it to the ground and like the days of done. boxers dominating UFC were done. Like I've heard, I, I, I think I listened to Joe Rogan or something like a few years ago. Yeah, they were talking about how yeah, it basically killed boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like boxing has more money. Bo boxing still. has more money and still has more eyeballs. But the thing about boxing is it's not a federation business. It's based on individuals. So we're riding these guys, these superstars. But if they get sick or they then. It's over. Like who, who, whereas UFC is a company, it's a federation. It's like a machine that builds, 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 builds. Where it's like, okay, all the top boxers, they have their spam, but when they're gone, who's the next? 
We're, mm-hmm. we're relying on stars. We're not relying on a growth. Did you ever fight? Did you ever have aspiration at any point in your life to, yeah, to yeah. become a fighter? Yeah. When I, when I was doing amateur boxing in Shanghai, I wanted nothing more than to box. I was like, that's it. That's my thing. I will box. And I was just looking for fights. And that was during the time when I, you know, I was with the parent company and we had this gym. And I was like, you know what? Uh, that was another motivation to start WCFN is I just wanted to fight in my own event. But then the actually doing the event became more interesting than the fight part. So I went to promoter rather than fight. How many times you, f- you did fight in three, your event? Three times. No, 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 that was in Shanghai. That wasn't in, that wasn't in, in your events. Never? never, never did in WCFN. Never fought. Wow. WCFN. What about white collar fight night? Are there any female fighters? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like our female fighter roster is actually really good. The, the lady that you see on the on the photo right there, kneeling down with her arms up, uh-huh. and she has a black dress. She's sitting yeah. right. Yeah. That lady, uh, Michelle Yu, she, her family owned two large hospitals. She's now living in the U.S. She's immigrated to the U.S. But she, she when she fought, she was. She was like, um, she had a phenomenal fight. I think it was a first round TKO. She's in, but again, never fought before. First time fought, but just so well trained. Her head was so well, like so focused. All her training, everything, she just applied it to the ring. And she, yeah, she did really well. Like that, that's just one of the many ladies that have, that, from a white color background that have fought and have done really, really well. So you said that the WCFN um, is charity. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, which charity are you working yeah, yeah. with? Yeah, so, so the charity, the way the charity works is the charity part of it is a component that we add to the, the event. But uh, probably tough to tell you next time after the cut. All right, guys, welcome back. So we are going to start our next game, John. This game is called What's Up With This? <laughs> so What's the idea is we went through your social media, <clears throat> sorry, okay. and uh, we picked up a couple of things. So we want to ask you, what's up with this picture? And to give us some context on what we see there. So Zip. Okay. Yeah, so I'll show you a picture okay. or a video. <laughs> okay, I'll, <And> see. <laughs> I'll surprise you. Nothing naked, don't worry. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and no ex-girlfriends. I hope, I hope so. Oh, what's happening there? So who's, who's there? Okay, so that's me and my lovely girlfriend. We are in uh, Dame Sha Sheraton. Okay. And it was National Day. It was China's National Day. And I'm looking at my phone and I'm just seeing, you know, Jiao Zhongguo, Jiao Zhongguo, all these posts, right? right? And um, she's a big influencer in China. And um, we ha- a lot of our accounts are together. So I was like, we kind of have to do... A, a post something like it's it's you know if 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 a lot of people they know you you kind of it's a key time to make yeah, a statement so. to make a positive statement so yeah China I need. Sti- yeah. yeah and how did that face. how did that affect your social media since oh, you're an influencer yeah they they loved it right Ch- Chinese like that they like that respect right you've been in China a long time that right. like I said before my 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 relationship with China is is one of respect I see respect is the emotion that is always stable, you know, right. You know, sometimes China is good. Sometimes it's bad, but I always have this, you know, respect. So yeah, I feel, I feel very similar. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's go into the next next thing. Next one is a video. What's this? I'm doing boxing. Yeah. Yeah. What what is this? Is it recording? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is, yes, this is, I'm doing, uh, what am I doing? I'm doing, okay, so this is after I've done 
my boxing program for the AI mirror. So after I shot the content for that program, yeah. they wanted some photos. I believe that there, there was an expo. Shortly after that photo and video shoot, there was like a, an expo that they wanted some photos for. Because so, for the booth, there should be some cool images, right? Some... Yeah, I think that's that's so why they're recording he's you. Photos. Do you have a special suit on there, so, or is like no? I think that was just me covering up my tattoos. Ah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. for social media, China, you you gotta have. Um, oh. you, you can't have too many tattoos. So long sleeves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I always have. <laughs> I always video. have. It's like you buy sleeves. Yeah, and I believe that you. There, the primary purpose for them is compression. For Chinese. Oh yeah, compression. But I always thought they were like for not to get sunburned. Like oh, you wear, okay. you see people wearing them at the beach. There but they don't want to have to wear a full shirt. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of those that I always keep with me in case there's some video I have to quickly put my, you know, cash <laughs> right. tats All right, and this yeah. was What's Up With This. We're going to continue with our broadcast, with our show, and we are going to start talking about, well, one of the reasons why we came all the way down to Shenzhen to shoot with you, John. That's right, um, the juicy stuff, yes. The case. The juicy so, yeah. stuff. The yeah, fact I, that you're stuck in China, you can't go out. So um, why don't you take us through what happened and, and, and why you're where you are right now? Why are you right stuck now? in China? What does it mean to be stuck yeah. in China? <laughs> so stuck in China, I am on a blacklist. So my name is on a blacklist in China, which means that I can't cross the border. And the reason I can't is because I have a court case that I need to figure out. I need to finish the court case. I need to have Settle it settled that. Yeah, before I'm my name is taken off this list and I can travel in. And the, the court, okay, so you're stuck in China. You cannot leave you on a blacklist. Mm -hmm. Usually people I know that are on a blacklist with China can't come in. Can't come in. I know. <laughs> for me, it's the other way around. And you can live, right? <laughs> and it's been yeah, like this yeah. for how long now? Um, I think we're coming up to about two years, maybe more. Two years, yeah. Two, two years, years already Let's stuck in here. Two years. And uh, it's related to one of your gyms, right? You said you, you were involved with like six gyms, but it's, yeah. this is related to one. Maybe you can tell us, give us a background. Yeah, so I, th I opened what is this up. Case? My, yeah, my first gym was Fusion, then Fusion moved. I opened up a, a business called Fresh, three partners, two other, two other expats in Futian and Shenzhen here. And I, uh, it, like th this particular gym is the one that has given me the most trouble um, as I'm still dealing with it now. Um, the other gyms are, are okay. Uh, they were just, it, it, just the business model of the gym. This is something we didn't mention before when we were talking about gym and e even myself as a personal trainer, when I was a personal trainer, when you are training with someone, um, you, th that person pays for your time, but you have to make that commitment to them. So you buy a lot of debt. Yeah, you're, you're 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 getting you're getting cash, but you owe that person. I'm in exactly the same situation with my English training center, but yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, so so the more money you get, the more you owe. Right. So it, it can never end. You'll always <laughs> be operating in 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 That's this. That's another right? stuck. Yeah. yeah. So so the other gyms and and then usually the gym business, if you don't really build a, a strong brand with some kind of a technology that can collect all the data of the memberships and all of this, which can be, of course, like data is a business itself. You can, you, you can, you can sell this. This has value, right? Um, but if you don't have that and you don't really have a brand, all you've got is a lot of debt, uh -huh. right? That's all, that's all the value of the yeah. business is, is you've yeah. got a lot of people that you owe hours of classes to. Um, so the best way to get out of a gym business, if like for myself being, you know, when I opened up these gyms, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't so knowledgeable. I was, I was very, I was very young and I was, um, 
very, I was governed a lot by my, my passions of fitness. I wasn't very strategic in business. I didn't have a lot of business mentors. I, um, it was more fitness mentors and fitness mentors are just like, do it, just go, just, you know, figure it out on the way. <laughs> so this got me into a lot of trouble with opening up fit, uh, gym businesses. And I've learned a lot since then, which has been very helpful uh, in what I'm doing now and what I'll do in the future. But yeah, it's, um, uh, I basically want to transition out of a business. Mm -hmm. not, so there was, yeah, there was one of these gyms. Yeah. Uh, the name was fresh. So this fresh, is fresh. Yeah. And then you were, uh, it wasn't doing well because of different reasons. Couldn't, couldn't cover our costs. Right. Shenzhen, the rent's really high. Like I was saying earlier, rent is usually what kills a, a, a right. gym. Most that's the, yeah. that's the, the, the largest overhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, okay. That's, that's just what you got to deal with. So we just couldn't cover our costs and we were just so you wanted to in way over our head and we we're just like, ah, we got to get out of this. You know, it's, we, we got to get out of this. So it became a, um, a, like the strategy was to transition it off, to take some, to get someone to take responsibility. Basically it's like selling it. Selling, selling implies, this is what, this is something else. Like a lot of people that have asked me about this and asked, you know, done a full expose on this whole story. They always say certain things, which I shy away from because it isn't technically you're selling. It implies that there was a transaction where I got money for this thing, but the strategy wasn't that the strategy was this thing. It, you need to take this like when that, for me, that was the win. If you take this response, the responsibility of this, for me, that was what I wanted. You don't I, need to pay me any money. Just, just, but yeah, you just take full responsibility of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't have to pay me, but it's all yours. Is that a legal form that exists in China or in the West? Yeah, it happens all the time. Just simple transitioning businesses over. It's Someone, just selling yeah. terms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah like right? maybe if an investor, he wants like, you know, he's like, maybe he's got, he has a, a child, right? Mm -hmm. He's got new aspirations. He doesn't. And, but the business is, is growing. There's nothing to monetize yet. There's not, yeah. so he doesn't want to destroy it. He just wants someone to take over his, his part of it. Right. And, or he'll have to have this responsibility and deal with his current life situation. He'll have to address it. So a lot of them, they don't want to address it. They just please take it. And then it's yours. So you were looking for a person yeah. to do that yeah, yeah. and you found one. Um, after a lot of searching, looking, look, I mean, we, we talked to so many different people. We thought of so many different ways to package it to put it, you know, put it with this and try you know, sell it to this company that didn't work or try to do this and have it, you know, broken off into this. Now that didn't work. And then finally, finally we're like, okay, whatever we can get, let's, let's whoever we can right. get. And a, a guy that was in the gym that I knew, um, who I actually brought into this, he seemed like our best option. And again, just to take responsibility for it, not to actually take the gym. So, yeah. All right. So this guy was uh, just a, a member. No, this guy I met while I was boxing up in Shanghai, and he was enthusiastic about opening up his own gym. How and where he got his financing, I believe it was just because he has a, he had a rich family. But he wasn't very knowledgeable about how to run business, or he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't a um, let, let's like in the gym business, if you're opening up a gym, what is, what is the reason for doing it? Right. Is it just to be cool or do you actually want to open up a facility to change people's lives? And there's a very big difference when it comes to this kind of a business, because this kind of business is, it's kind of a passion based business, right? So he didn't, he didn't quite have that. It was more about him being a Laoban rather than actually being someone that would influence people's lives for the better. Right? Okay. So for, for, for clarity, there was no exchange of money. He didn't yeah. give any money. No. Uh, I had a similar situation. So uh, I had a legal representative 
and that person did not want to be the legal representative anymore, so somebody else became the legal representative. That's basically what took place here? Yeah, yeah. I was the foreign. Okay. I was a legal rep. The other two partners had kids. Mm-hmm. So I, th- <laughs> I think the, the worry was like in a gym business, say someone, you know, drops a dumbbell on their toe, you know, I, I, I you know, maybe they were scared that mm-hmm. the, they would be the one at fault and like, Oh, John, I have a family, I've got kids. And so I took that responsibility as to become the fire and I didn't have kids. So do you, so, so you, you, you transferred the gym. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, you drafted a contract, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So the you gym negotiated, was yeah, yeah. long right? story short, you negotiated long story short. and Jim uh, was his, we were, we were out. Uh, so you, okay. So, so what, how, what was the main, what's the contract? What did the contract say? What was the main the multiple different contracts, but actually to be honest with you, the contracts weren't the issue. Okay. The contracts. There's no real nothing i mean the contracts don't really have an issue in a sense that i signed something wrong everything was clear cut and dry but when a when a case is when he decided to to sue me it wasn't for any reason like uh, he he manipulated the law and the system in china to to scam me okay so so, so it wasn't like he he didn't let's say this he didn't tell the full story so he submitted a case without the full story right so okay so maybe we we jump ahead and then we go back right so like um you transfer the gym mm-hmm. and you walk away years go by you walked away after three years four years i don't know one day you're trying to fly to the philippines mm-hmm. you're trying to yeah, go on holiday so. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me this before right yeah, yeah. And what happened you, you, how did you discover that you have a problem what was the moment yeah so i <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to leave, um, I'm trying to leave to go to the Philippines because one of my friends in Australia is having his birthday there. Okay. So I flight is booked, hotel, everything. I am leaving in Shenzhen and uh, <laughs> I go to immigration, put my passport up and you see the guy on the computer and he's like, you know, some, some noise, like a little beep noise, you know, and he's like, huh? And then I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, just wait. And he's like, he's trying to figure this out. And then he's like, oh, and he calls his superior over and his superior is like looking at it like, what is it? What is this? And he's like, oh, oh. And then he, he it, it seems to like somewhat click for the, the, the guy in charge, but he's like, mm, I don't fully know it. So he calls a guy, uh, the security to come, come get me. Security have like their GoPros on and they're like, come with us, come with us. And the security are just like. Are they nice at that point? No, no. The security are like, Serious. I mean, they don't know us. if I've, if I'm, you know, they wanted for murder. Yeah, I could <laughs> yeah. be wanted for murder. I could know. be transporting illegal contraband. I could come with us. They're, okay. they're just like on their chair waiting. And you're a like, big guy. And yeah. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's been three weeks. Bring your biggest guy. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, move, go, go. And I'm like, what is going And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and like, you're no, not alone. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm with my girlfriend. Yeah. And so we go into this holding area and I'm like yelling at her like, honey, find out what's going on. And um, I'll find you yeah. one day. <laughs> What's going on? And then they're like, shush, don't talk, you know, d- don't move, don't touch anything, sit down. And so where I'm sitting from, I look and I see the, uh, through the glass, this little area in the glass that I can see through, I can see the computer where all of them are trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm looking at them and, I'm, and they're just all crowding around the computer trying to figure it out, right? These, and then I'm, the security guard's just filming me with, his, with a GoPro, right? And just saying, don't talk, don't do it. So I'm just sort of sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And it gets to the point where I'm waiting at the point where, you know, I'm no longer tense. I'm kind of like... Slouching. Yeah, like 
this, like, if nothing's happened by now, I think they've made the mistake. So like, that's what you thought. They're, yeah, yeah there is like, a mistake here. I was like, it, this, and I'm kind of have, I'm kind of like, you know, if this is your mistake, come on, guys. I think I've missed my flight, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm like, you know, and then finally I see the guy get up. So I'm like, okay, he's coming, and he has a piece of paper. So he's like, come. So we come in, and and then he like asked my girl, he's like, translate. And I was like, it's okay, you don't have to translate. Like, I just go ahead, say it. And he says a statement out in Chinese, and it, it, I didn't understand any of it, but I heard the word Qianhai. Qianhai is an area in Shenzhen where, like, it's, an, it's a free trade zone where any foreigner can open up a company without a Chinese partner. It's like a, a foreign uh, investment enterprise, right? And I know this area is very special for, like, Shenzhen's economy. It's like, it's, it's, it's something that's special, it's special about Shenzhen. Special all, hub. Yeah, special hub for all of, uh, for even for all of China. Um, and I know in that particular area, there's a court. I know, I know there's a court. Now, why do I know that there's a court in there? I, 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 I know I, I did remember at that time, I was like, Chenhai, court. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was in my, it clicked in my head. It, I, was, I was focused, you know, I got this. And, um, and then they would like, just go, go on. And I was walking, walk, and, and we were we were going back into China. He says, "Oh yeah, you can't leave because you know you've so, got a case." So from that point, I, I knew it was something to do with this court, a case, court. Right? So you can leave, but uh, you just just go back into China. Yeah, yeah. That's they're what they're telling you. They're go just back like into China. turn around, go back. Just no, no prison, no arrest, no nothing. No, just, no, no. You can't leave China. Yeah, the statement basically read: due to a case that you, an active case that you have, or due to some case, the, some verdict in a case. You in before you're allowed to cross borders of China, you, you have resolve. to address yeah resolve. And they gave me they gave you some paper, I guess. Yeah, they gave yeah. me that paper with the number of yeah. the of the court. They were like, yeah, call this number. They'll they'll tell you the more and, details. And then okay, so so what was your next move? Yeah, yeah. So um, it took me a, quite a while to figure out exactly what what was going on, like what happened, the situation. I I mean, it took me a while to establish that situation. Like I was saying before, it's. It's like a case. You're, 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 it's like CSI. You go to the crime scene and you have to first figure out what's, who are, what are all the missing me? Why is the glass smashed? Why is the vase you know, yeah. getting knocked over? Why is there a puddle of water there? You know, you, you, it took me a long time to figure out every single aspect of this case. Like, you know, as a foreigner, what, can I, what, what involvement does my embassy have? What does the consulate have? As a foreigner, as an expat, is this a mistake or what, what process is it at? What, what, what rights do I have? Who, mm -hmm. If I'd got to get a lawyer, which lawyer? You know, which court, which court supersedes that How did you do that? that? I mean, you needed a lot of help, I guess. Took a lot of time, Friends. a lot of help, a lot of phone calls. Yeah, a lot of phone calls. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of calls to... Uh, lawyers to help, and then they would call and they'd ask questions, so find that, that out. It, it already started costing you money right there when you left the airport? No, 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 no. no. I mean, well, yeah, I lost my flight. <laughs> sure, yeah. And hotel yeah. booking. Yeah, yeah, a lot of flight. But um, so, yeah, the, the whole process of figuring it out, I did, it didn't cost me anything. Because the, what happens is when it costs is when you secure a lawyer. You sign a contract with a lawyer, and the, in that contract, the lawyer will never tell you he's, pr he's promising you an outcome. He just promises to represent but you. But first, so you mean you talk to lawyers, you talk to uh, yeah. aides uh, during these months trying to figure it out. That doesn't cost you money, no. right? People, no. people are help you. People will people help you. Help. Yeah, and most lawyers, if they are good, if they are, are influential in the community, I, I, can recommend, I can recommend a lawyer anywhere in China for any kind of case. My lawyer database is, is crazy. 
It's, right. I, now, I know I know every now. Lawyer. Yeah. But now ima- imagine <laughs> imagine a foreigner that's been here maybe one year doesn't have a good uh, you know ring of good uh, connections. friends connections mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't know what to do. But I mean that would be harder, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you, you can you can find lawyers and they will talk to you. They will give you advice without uh, without yeah, yeah. any financial need first. Yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. You you basically I was basically asking what what's the situation? What's happening? And most lawyers will tell you all the intricacies of this. So as I would ask different lawyers uh, of different friends of you know like I could I start to paint a very big picture, and then but. If, but but then I said, what if I did this? And they say, oh, this may happen. Well, what if I did this? Maybe this would happen. And you start to build like your first action. You start to build like a ring of outcomes right. based on that. Like a certain outcome. possible so, route. Okay. So so yeah, before yeah. so before we go to the actions that you had to take, mm-hmm. what did you discover? Um, yeah. So basically, a case was put against me. I ignored it, and the mistake I made it made was I didn't address the case. So. You ignored it? Did you know about it? I mean, that's what okay. you found out. A little timeline. So a case was basically filed against you. Mm. And then Philippines, hap- the trip to Philippines happened like, like a few years like later. Three years later. So in the time between the person filed and you found out at the airport, that's when Did you, you missed the, the... Yeah, so I should have addressed the case. Now, how would I have addressed the case? Well, I, I had to have been notified. In China, they'll notify you by a phone call. And they'll mail you something. Mm. These two ways. I, I do do not. They do not come and give you an envelope. That's, right. You know, like they you see like you have to sign. Yeah, yeah. You have they to, they have to see You've been you. served. Yeah, you've been served. And uh-huh. now we understand yeah. there is good reason for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they, so they, uh, if I, I 100% believe that they did try to call me, but I would have picked up and they would have said, "Hey, Nihao," and I would have been like, "Maybe uh, uh, bye bye," right? So. I'm like I'm. That's my always been my stance during this whole process. I'm not judging the system or saying the system didn't do anything wrong. I in in actually what I what I say is I caution all expats, all foreigners that live in China. Sometimes it's good to answer calls that you don't know the number. And not only that, maybe wait a little bit and try to understand what they're saying. Right. If they are selling you something, you know, it's just a sales call. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out and be like, it's uh, very true. no, I don't want to buy it's it. It's very true. I mix, I miss some other things. Yeah. Not as bad as yeah. this, but yeah, yeah. I miss some yeah, Sometimes I'll, you miss I'll, it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I first heard about your case, my first thought is like, okay, if, if the authorities are trying to phone you, uh-huh. to, trying to contact you, you'll probably go through your lawyer if they can't contact you. But given the timeline that you're presenting here, you have, have no reason to have a lawyer. That's right. I did not have a lawyer. So that, that that's a very important thing to mention here that, well, yeah. So they, tried, a lot they of sense. So, okay, so they tried to call you probably more than once. Probably uh, more than yeah, once. They, 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 they told you this, yeah? yeah Do I'm, you know this for sure? Um, I, know, um, th- I mean, they, did, they didn't say exactly how many times. They said we, but they we said tried we, to call we you. Tried calling you yeah. yeah, because they won't know back then who exactly called and how many times. They'll just say, you know, based on our process, we yes. call you and send you a mail. That's so, okay. And what happened to the mail part? The mail part, I never got the mail, obviously. Okay. And so the um, physical letter. The physical letter I never got. But when uh, documents were reviewed by my lawyer later on, uh, an address was put on the document that was supposed to be sent to me that was not my address. And it was an address in Lohu. And do you I've know what about why? You don't know until now? Um, like when I asked them, I said, why is that address there? They, they didn't, they, like my lawyers didn't say, oh, he did that so you wouldn't get the lawyer. They didn't say that. 
but they sort of just said, hmm, interesting, like, hmm. like as if that happens all the time. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't mean that the plaintiff did something wrong. Like, if I want to sue you, yeah. I can just send, say, oh, I think he lives over there. Happens. And it's like, no, to me, I was like, that should have been, uh, like, I should, where I live should have been sent or my office. Off, uh, my office has always been online. So mm-hmm. easy to find out. So you type in John, you find it, what, uh, an address, so either this one or my previous. That timeline again. So the three year, about three years, right? From yeah. the moment you got rid of the yeah, gym. Yeah, about three years. And the moment you were stopped at the airport. Mm. And then uh, within about a month, you kind of realized what's happening. Yeah, a month. I got this full picture of the situation. Then we go to we go to phase two. But but <laughs> what? Okay, before that. So what was happening is that uh, you yeah. So you were. Um, sued, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. by someone, by the person that uh, um, took over. Yeah, took over the gym, and they tried to reach you. They couldn't reach you. Then there was a trial, and maybe uh, a few, you were absent. A few times you were absent a few times, That's and right. then there was a verdict against you without you being there. That's right. Is that normal in other countries? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I actually think can it that is. happen? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. To be honest okay. with you, I think it is. So if you don't show up a few times, whatever, it's if, your fault. If you don't show up, there will just be. Like, it's not just China. Okay. Yeah. One of the issues that I see in this picture is the fact that we foreigners don't buy homes. We rent homes. Well, most of us rent homes. Right. And yeah. we change uh, residence Addresses. rather often. Yeah. Mm. So, for example, if somebody were looking for me three years ago, I lived in a completely different place. Mm-hmm. So, that might be... I mean, that's one of the challenges that... In, in, in trying to think in, in terms of the government, that's one of the challenges that they have, the legal system in China, that's one of the challenges that they have in trying to notify people. I mean, if you move places, how do we find you? Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, so now, okay, you discovered what happened. And uh, uh, so the guy took you to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his claim? Why did he sue you? Um, I believe his original claim was that, okay, so the gym, right? As we were saying before, the gym is comprised of assets, the equipment, the TV. I mean, look around what you just see right here, right? Right. So these assets, this in, ex- in, in a sense was the exchange. The brand had no value, like I said, brand has no value. And the database that we, we was, uh, was debt that he took responsibility for. So what exactly did he get was the assets, the floor, Right, all the, the equipment, the machines, all this. So this list, he his claim in, in, in the case was that that list of assets wasn't mine. Wasn't okay. mine. Was it, that didn't belong to you? Yeah. Okay. Was he right? No, of course not. So okay, but that was his claim. <laughs> but it's very simple. You understand? It's a very simple thing yeah. to do. So you mean? So basically, like, like if, you sold something that was not yours. Yeah. So if. Now looking back, if you did pick this up the call, if you did pick up the call and you did show up in court, this is this was something that very was easy, easy to, to prove. Easy to win, yeah. Very easy to win. Wouldn't have wouldn't have taken. So you kind of beat how, yourself okay. hard. In China, <laughs> in China, how do you go about proving that that this is yours? I mean, were there Receipts, invoices uh, under your name or? Yeah, yeah, just show all the receipts. If you had to gym. prove it today, it would be no, no, no problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. Because um, but yeah, this is what the lawyer said. Because I was saying, what what exactly is the case? And the case was, yeah, that those weren't yours. Those those assets didn't belong to you. You still owe. All right. So uh, we'll continue this right after the break. Cool. All right, and we're back after this short break to continue talking about well your case uh, of being stuck here in China. Um, well, 
what we want to know, what I want to know is what where is the case right now and what's happening? Because there's one reason why we came down here, because there's something pressing, something that's about to happen. So could you tell us about where the case is right now and what are you waiting for? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I've uh, I've the story of this case, how I addressed it and um, all of the things I've learned and that I advise people to do right now. It's it's a very long story. But where I'm at right now, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't talk about that much. There's lots of, other, lots of other business that I'm doing, lots of other things I'm involved with. And, you know, I, I, I carry on. I still hustle. I still, I still work. And I, I, I'm not going to, you know, every time I post something on social media, be all doom and gloom. I, uh -huh. I still, you know, look on the bright side and promote myself as someone that, um, you know, is... Uh, as some sort of inspiration. Yeah, actually, I, I told you before, I saw a video of you uh, talking about the case and then saying, I, I still want to stay in China. I, I like I like it here and everything. Yeah. How does it... Yeah, yeah, it's not something that has taken so much of my time and energy. I, I, my Most of my energy and time is converted to things that are, are building, that are growing, growing me and growing the people around me. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I believe this week I'm going to get a, a, a decision, a decision that will, um, if it's not the decision I want, you know, the life goes on, the world keeps spinning. My problems are never going to be as big as someone else's problems. I still have to, still have to wake up every morning and do what I can. And, uh, but if it is a decision that is in my favor, then I mean, I, I would say half the battle of this entire case is done. It's a massive win for me, for other expats in China and for, more importantly, the China system, the China legal system, which again, I haven't said is unfair or anything. There is a process. It's a lot of waiting. So there is no, amount there is no you don't feel any bias against you. Like you're never going to win this because you're a foreigner. No, I, I mean, I know a lot of times when expats haven't come out well in, um, in this, in the, in this uh, situation. But then again, I know a lot of expats have done extremely well in the court system. I, look, the, the first time I heard about this case was when I watched uh, Winston Serpenta make a, a video about you. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction was, I've been in legal cases and I've won. So what they were saying is like, oh, there's no rule of law in China. I'm like, uh, my, my initial reaction was, that's not true. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about people who say stuff like that, like there's no rule of law in China. It's kind of a bit pessimist, right? It's a bit, it's a bit like, it's, it's kind of a, you yeah, don't I think if you thought, if you thought like this, you would be, yeah, I don't know how changing long. a passport, changing a name and <laughs> running away. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like true, not just for, for China or for legal cases, but for anything like you're kind of the person that always wakes up on the dark side of the bed. It's not. That's not really helping anybody. Sure. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to change. I'm still in this situation. I made the absolute best course of action based on the resources that I had, the options that I had. Nothing. No, like there is no lawyer on this planet or anyone that would have advised me to do something else. I am in this situation. That's it. That's you, just. You talked to many lawyers. Yeah. yeah. Over, over a lot this. of lawyers. So this is like the Philippine moment was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, trying yeah. to go to the Philippines was a couple of years yeah. ago. And then you consulted with a lot of lawyers. My lawyers got my, yeah. And so I actually, um, okay, the first thing I had to do is I had to get my hands on a very good lawyer. A lawyer that um, like not only was influential in cases uh, like with, with expats, but also 
had a very good understanding, a big broad understanding of, of the legal system. So to acquire that lawyer, it costs money. It costs right. money. You have to secure, you have to write in contract. I, you know, either you are on a retainer, I pay you this every month, or it's like there is some, there, there's a contract you have to sign. Yeah. Nothing happens until you sign that contract. The lawyer is, is going to, yeah, he's going to give you as much information over talk. But if you're like, can you do that document for me? Or can uh -uh. you make that call? They'll just say, no, you have to sign a contract. So I, of course, had to get the money to hire a, uh, a lawyer mm -hmm. and a decent lawyer. So um, me and my business partner that... that uh, uh, How much money do you need? Um, at least 10,000 US dollars. Okay. At least. Oh. So at least and maybe if not more, but we didn't worry about that. We just said, look, let's run a crowdfunding campaign to secure the amount of money. That way both of us aren't hurting. We're still continuing like our job and everything. We're not, I'm not like telling my partner, hey, you have to pony up this much, I pony up this much. We're both financially, like, we're not stressed. We raise the money, we secure a lawyer, and then from there we go to the next step. Through crowdfunding? And we did it, yeah. Okay. Now, we raised the money through crowdfunding. Serpent ZA, he posted, mm -hmm. um, and he, a lot of people supported through him. I'm very grateful for, for his support in that. Um, but it's, yeah, like a lot, it, that's, that, that we secured the money. Then, um, she went to work and the deal was leave the money in the fund. Mm -hmm. If the outcome is good, I'll take the money. So the money's sitting there. It's waiting. So wait, that's so it. first of all, first of all, you say your partner. So your partners from the originally from, originally the, gym, from the gym, they, even though their name wasn't there, they acknowledged that, okay, they're in this One world. partner did. One okay. more, the other partner just ran off. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, a story for another okay, day. Okay, never mind. So one partner <laughs> did is like is like uh, this is us together. We work together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, your name you are the one blacklisted, but still I'll I'll support you. Yeah, yeah. he's right. he's one of my closest friends I've had in China for okay. the longest time. And then uh, another thing I want to ask is the lawyer. So you put ten thousand dollars, which the lawyer estimated it may cost uh, that, and uh, he doesn't touch it unless he wins. Yeah. That's how it works here. No, it's not how it works. That's so how, how, that's how works. I met. That's how she did. That's what she did for me. Because imagine if I just told her straight off the bat, I said, I'll pay you if you win. She'd say, no, no. But I showed her, look what I did for the last, like I've been, I studied crowdfunding for two months. I studied, I, I, I mean, I, because I actually did try it. I actually tried it. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. wow. So me and my partner came back and we said, we have to learn this. So I learned all of it, did it again. It worked. And I showed her everything. And I said, look, the money's there. And she said, okay. Like, like, I don't think any lawyer would just do it if you said that. Like, I promise to pay you. You know what I mean? But she's nice, and um, she's actually uh, the wife of a very good friend but of mine. But usually lawyers would want some money in Absolutely. advance. Absolutely. retainer, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, obviously, you are, she has access to that. So, if you win, she's going to take that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess she's confident. Yeah. Right? Okay. So then you, you raise the money. Raise you the use, money. You use uh, your connection, your media, your friends to spread the word. You she, know, yeah, this yeah. is a cause. This is unjust. Even though I missed some yeah, phone yeah. calls and everything, the original story is, is unjust. I would have won, right? Yep. It's, it's wrong. So that's how you raise the money. Mm -hmm. And then, so what else are you doing during this time? Um, Lots of waiting. I mean, the lawyer told me after I did the crowdfunding to secure the payment, she was, she was, she acquired her, her services to help me fix this. She started her work and she said, look, don't do anything else on social media. Just leave it, leave it alone. You don't want to draw too many eyes. This could affect you in a negative way. 
just be cool. So I, I chilled out, left, left. Didn't, I didn't push the, after I raised money, I didn't, didn't talk much. Did about you consult it. with your lawyer about this uh, podcast? About the podcast? Uh, this one, yes. Yes. Since then, she said media stuff now is fine. Okay. It's beyond that stage. Okay. So, so now I go back to your question. Fernando, he started with this question is like, what's happening now? Because now we give some more, so we give some more background what happened, right? So you, you actually, I don't know if we even finished that. Did we, uh, what was the actions she took? Like, so now this week you're waiting for some uh, uh, verdict, right? Mm -hmm. Something about if it's, if the original verdict is overturned. Retrial, not the verdict. Retrial. Verdict's not yet. Re, just a retrial. Ah, so for a new retrial just okay. new open trial. the case back up let's let's do it again okay so if this is happening then you just go to court this time yeah, yeah. well the, um, that's even later as well so first if there's a retrial the old uh, verdict's terminated then we get a court date we all go we present and then go it carries on from that and, and you would need more money even to pay the lawyer or maybe because this one is kind of special yeah you're not, you're not sure um yeah i haven't crossed that bridge yet but i think this lawyer will stay with me she'll she'll keep stay with me for the full trial she she believes good. in the case yeah yeah and i don't like i'm i'm in a in a in a mode because something important that happened i definitely want to tell everybody about what happened so uh you know i spent a period of time figuring out what the situation was then what I did was I figured out what my action plan is. Part of that action plan was crowdfunding to acquire a lawyer. So did the crowdfunding, acquired the lawyer, lawyer goes to work. And now there's processes. So you submit a paper, there's a waiting period. Before that paper sees this person, then gets this signature, goes to this floor, goes back down to that floor. Da, da, da. Yeah. You have, and then finally it goes to the next step. And the same thing again, submit this paper, goes to So it's a lot of waiting. You have to be super, like court, court, as everyone knows, anyone who's been in court, nothing, it, it <laughs> takes a long time. The smallest little trial, the smallest little case can take up to two years, three years, four years, five years, right? Even, even though it's small. Bigger cases can take over 10 years, right? So lots of waiting, lots of waiting, lots of waiting. And then basically what happened was, is as I'm fighting to get the case reopened in a more superior court than the one I'm being sued at, the case that's, that I'm being sued at uh, is going through the full process, right? Right. So I've been blocked in China. I've been blocked. Can't right. leave China. But then what happens next, right? What, what's the next step? So the next step is, is that the enforcement court, the enforcement judge, is is then uh, is then from the original trial? Yes. yes now now it goes to yeah. enforcement. So the enforcement is then uh, acquired to then execute the verdict, which right? getting the money from you. So yeah, getting the money, and this is another whole. What was the original uh, uh, verdict? It's How like much? two two seventeen k, like two two hundred seventy thousand. Yeah. So they came. They came after me. The enforcement came after me, and then this is in Raymond B. The two hundred seventy thousand RMB, forty thousand dollars. Since then, it was it grew much, much more it, over over three hundred k. The actual what you need to yeah, pay back because of fees and pay, right. Yeah, all okay. Of, all so so then the enforcement comes after you. What happens? How do they find you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is a classic moment. One, <laughs> one that again, I'm like this one is, of those. Of course, China. One of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, moments. China. Nice one. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. But yeah, I was in an event actually not very far from this office, just straight okay. up north. Uh, this office, maybe you know, ten minute drive. What call a fight night? Yeah. yeah, just at an event in the gym. Like I said, we had two models. We had the gym event, and then we had the bigger event. So I'm in the in, and I'm in my ring. I'm with the microphone. Is it this ring? 
no, no, no. It's, it's no, a no. small the, one. <laughs> every, we, we only do events in, in gyms that already we have Already it. have it. Okay. Yeah. So people are gathering around. Guys, you know, we're going to do an event. Get ready. we got fighters, blah, blah, blah. Right? Then four cops come in and four... Uh, You're cops. the MC. Yeah, I'm the MC. Yeah, I'm okay. Four, four, four cops come and four uh, court representatives show up. And they're like, are you John Harper? And I was like, yeah, that's me. That's, that's, that definitely is me. <laughs> so they, call, they drag me out of, of the ring. They're like, and then they're like, we're going. And I was like, you need to tell me what's happening. And they're like, okay, find a quiet room and let's talk. So we go to this quiet room. This is in front of everyone. And everyone's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Right? <laughs> I was like, wow, this, this is like one of those... This is one of those, you know, any publicity is good publicity kind of movements. I'm just thinking to myself, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's, it's trying good. to stay positive. It's good. It, you know, like, you know, no one's going to think that anything's bad's going on. Like, don't worry. This is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then um, they tell me like, oh, okay, that we're in the enforcement. We're carrying this out. Da, 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 and I was in there and they were basically like, you're going to jail tonight unless you pay. That's what they said. Uh, like 300,000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the amount based on the fees. Okay, yeah. you have this much interest you need to pay yeah. per month, blah, 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 boom. Yeah. And I was like, you mean right now? I mean, how about we talk about this tomorrow? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I don't even have like my passport with me. What are you talking about? And they're, so it, it was this conversation lasted a good part or more of three hours to where I was like, trying to figure out like what exactly my options were i was calling friends like you know what, what what's this what's what's that it's definitely a good obviously you called that lawyer first um yeah but she she was like she to be honest she, this was something that she didn't know was going to happen and i've talked to her about this i was like how did you not know that that was going to happen but she said no i didn't know i did not know so that. nothing happened until that moment nobody ever tell no. you hey you need to start paying hey you need this this was no, the first no. time first time um, and she didn't know about that. And, um, she was like, yeah, I, I guess it reached this, this, this point, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, whatever, well, whatever I'll, I'm, I'll have to figure this out. So long story short in that negotiation, it basically came down to money. How much could I pay that night and how much could I promise to pay in the future? And, and the court enforcers negotiate with you right there in that moment right there they have the power a, they to. have a translator who really was not a good translator <laughs> okay. and um, you couldn't call anyone to the room you, um, were you by yourself? i could but I, i i just wanted to work alone on this you like, were by yourself yeah yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. I was by myself. so like i was like i have this translator i'm like if anyone else that's in this room is an element that I need to think about and I need to think about what to do here. Like I, I, I work in those sort of situations. I think it's better if I'm by myself. Um, uh, unless someone comes in with a plan and they're like, this is the plan. Don't worry. I got this. It's like, no, no, I, I got to come up with a yeah. plan. So I, um, um, so basically it was, it was down to how much can you pay tonight? And then how much can you pay? How much when? can you pay later? Um, so that I, I kind of got, okay, that's the way. That, so I was like, okay, how much this about this? How about this? So, um, there was an amount that was on the table that they were, they were dead set on. And I was fighting against that amount. Right. And they wanted me to sign a contract promising this much. Out of it. So I was fighting against them. But every time I would, I would dispute it. They were like, no, it's too, like you have to. Do it. So basically I was like that, that is my only option, right? Like I either sign that. This is what I can do. This is the only thing I can do. So. So I signed it and basically I have to pay, I had to pay a large amount of money um, that night. And every single month since then, I've had to pay a very, a large amount of money. 
So what did you do? You just called your friends. You took everything you had in the bank. Uh, yeah, cleared me out. Yeah, you cleared. <laughs> you cleared yourself. Cleared me out and cleared out. Yeah, some friends. How yeah. how did that situation change your situation now? Let me explain. When you signed, when you paid, is that taken as you acknowledge that verdict? That I mean, you're accepting no, it, it? Yeah, it's no, no. I don't think it's it's that complicated. It's just a simple enforcement like contract. You need to pay this. You don't pay this. It's at this time. If you don't pay it, you you go to jail. Sure, but so if if your if your case this next week or this coming week is going to be is going to go back to trial, how is that going to read no, in court? Uh, to my understanding, and what the and what the what the ju- what the lawyers have said, they said no. Nah. That case is that case. Our case is our case. Mm-hmm. Two, two courts, two, two systems. So it's not, it's not reopening the first one? Um, it is reopening the case, but in a much more superior court. I have something so you still need to be enforced on yeah. the, the first thing. You Until the case is paying. reopened. I have once the case is reopened, I then apply to get the old verdict terminated. I go back to that old court. There's two courts somewhere. So now you're already paying money. You paid some large sum of money that night, and you've been paying every month since. Yeah, what's today? Uh, today is the 20th. And then you are uh, thinking that eventually when you hopefully win, um, you will get that money back? The winning is, yeah, very far into the future. I haven't looked, I haven't looked that far um, because, so basically the reopening of the case just means I haven't lost. doesn't mean I've won. It just means I haven't lost. But are you mm-hmm. off the blacklist? Yeah. So that's the first step. Okay. Then you go into an active case. And then the active case is evidence it's this it builds it goes it goes back it's, it's a case and again yeah. that could take a long time so when actually the new verdict is set and if i win that new verdict then i'm suing back and getting everything back he then so. can delay he right. can delay can take many he years can delay. And then, uh, yeah it's like but also uh, uh since you are paying now you are already enforced right to pay and the, the original verdict. You are fulfilling the yeah. original verdict under negotiated paying terms. Yeah. Why, so uh, this is this doesn't mean already that you should be off the blacklist. Not until it's finished. No, Not until full it's finished. Ah, full payment. It's kind of like considered a fly risk. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. Wow. So. So this week. You may be off the blacklist. This week you may no, be... No, no, no. This week I may get the case reopened. Ah, so it's not yet. It's not then like it doesn't happen yet. Then I apply to get off the blacklist. Ah, okay. Then I apply to get the enforcement... Uh, so that, so the next, when, you, when you think you the closest that you can be unstuck... I mean, if, if the world's full of teddy bears and butterflies and everyone loves each months. other and there's no hate, war, it might be three weeks. Might be three weeks. But this is China. There's that one document that needs to go up there to get signed and come back it down there. Take, and then this guy's like, what is this? I can't read this. Translate three weeks, it again. Maybe you signed on blue ink. I'm away on a holiday. Or like, oh, I've lost the stamp. Or right. Could be what? What? Longer. What? So far, it's not done. So far, what's your biggest lesson? Um, no, no. I mean, like the positive out of this, and this is something I always exaggerate because for the first, first reason is, is because I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice to sit at home and be all doom and gloom and this is sucks. This is a, no, you don't have that choice. I never ever thought I had that choice. I never thought, oh, one option is, is I can feel sorry for myself, get a bunch of people to pay all my expenses. A lot of and people would do I was that. Like, yeah, I was like, no, I have to secure money, not to fix all of it, but just to get 
the lawyer. I'm not going to ask everyone to bail me out, right? I'm not going to. That's what some I, people I, would have, I guess. Yeah, mm. but to me that wasn't cool. I was like, no, right. I, I'm taking money to hire a lawyer to fight against this. I'm I'm going to do the fight. I just need your help to get started. That that was my message, and I've always thought of that. I was like, you're, and to be honest with you, this has been a very very, it's like been a good learning experience, right? There's sometimes some people pay to go to law school. <laughs> I, I did it this way. <laughs> yeah, did it change you as a person, or yeah. you were always positive like yeah, that? Yeah, I've I mean, never had so many. I've never had this drive, this determination, this feel of justice, this this vigor to wake up in the morning and to hustle and get shit done. Like I've got, I've got way more done in this period of time than I have ever ever in my entire time in China. Was there a my decision? You said, you said you didn't have a choice. Was there a decision in the beginning after the airport incident that you, just a moment, you decided, I'm going to fight this. The moment that you decided I'll be positive, I will find a way, I will work hard. Yeah, I think I, think I always knew I had to fight it. But, of course, building the confidence to always be just positive and always push, that kind of took a bit of time. There was... There was a couple of times when I was just like, like, oh God, this is this is a lot of like I'm in over my head here. I've gone too far. But but I built the confidence up now where I, I kind of looked at this and I was like, what what's the best thing I can do in this situation? The best thing I can do is not just to fight about it, but just to tell everyone about it. I'm I am like I don't hide away and I'm like, oh, this is, you know. I, oh, I don't want my uh, my reputation is fine. I know who I am. I know who my friends are. I know who supports me, and I'm good with that. I'm so happy to put the camera in front of my face and tell every single detail about this. Case so this so this is one of those uh, what doesn't kill you makes, makes you, stronger. you stronger. Absolutely. Oh like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'll know. I'll tell my kids this, and I'll tell them this is probably one of the best things that's happened to Daddy, because he, it's it it's character developing and i've right. always been about this you can't you can't tell people oh you know you should work or you should change yourself you know and not actually do it and believe it yourself like my whole life as a personal trainer i've always been trying to transform people to become better more successful maybe with their body but also with their mind and then when i'm in a situ- situation like, yeah. i can't be like ah i got to run home yeah. no this is when this, i need to now put my shoes on and be like yeah this is this is what i so whatever it. happens this week Yeah. It's, it's you're gonna world deal spinning. with it. Yeah. You're gonna deal with it. You're gonna find another way. Yeah. You're gonna f- keep fighting. And right. uh, nobody has a cho- it's no choice. That's it. Right. True. And, and it doesn't there's put no you choice. down. Yeah. I mean, it, again, there's no choice. I I don't like to be like framed as this crusader. This guy. Oh, you're so much. Like when when I look at when, when I I just don't think there's another option. I think if you aren't doing that, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to win. You, know, I mean, you got to know what you're dealing with. You got to yeah. know what the problem is so that you can start solving it. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think this is great. I think uh, this is, uh, you're dealing with this in a great way, you know, and uh, to, um, yeah, yeah, yeah with, I mean, with a smile and being positive and, and looking at the hard work, doing it in a, in a very positive way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you do this, when you come out and you share your story, you share your message and you're firm about it, People like that. They like. They value that. They believe you're like. I've had so many more opportunities come to me right. because of this than anything else. Right. I, all the bicep curls that I did, all the little, the fitness. You know, look at me, check me out. That I did before did not count to half as much as what I've been able to accomplish just by telling people this has happened to me. This is how I fought it and. You know, and people said, "I like this. I respect you. Can we do a business?" People here? like uh, fighting for justice. People yeah. like people like 
Like people like people they can trust. You say yeah. uh, if you're honest, if you're just honest, I would encourage. Like if if, if you're we, we were discussing about crowdfunding, putting the camera in front of your face speaks volumes. It's like that person is the willing to put a camera in front of his right. face and say his story, as opposed to the other person who hides away and doesn't. And it's like, okay, who's the one that you're is trustworthy? Who's the one that's right? Yeah, the one that is outspoken that has something to say. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's respectable. Right. 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 All right. Well, John. We want to wish you all the best. Um, yeah. Really hope that things go your way. Um, and I think a lot of people are rooting for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think we so. hope that this, this message goes out there and that a lot of people um, will learn some lessons when it comes to, well, how to do business in China, how to be careful with those things. Mm -hmm. Also, to pick, as you said, pick up the phone when somebody's calling. Yeah. 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 I, I, would, I would ask, is there anything else you would like to tell people about, about this whole story? Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes things, if you're an expat and you're, or if you're a foreigner and you've just come to China, things can be overwhelming. But actually, you'd be surprised. There's not many things that you can't figure out. Mm. It's never actually that bad. It just takes a little bit of grit, right? Yeah. It's about you the attitude. Yeah, if you have that right attitude, it's, you'd be surprised what you can get through. Right? Yeah, I always tell my staff, don't tell me you can't. Tell me that you don't know yet and yeah. you're going to find out. But exactly. I'll figure it out. I'll find it out. It's like... <laughs> 100% agree. All right. Once again, John, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, you so much for your hospitality, for bringing us here, letting us yeah. shoot inside your ring. And, well, yeah. best of luck. All right, guys. So this is the end of this podcast. This has been, of course, China. And please remember, subscribe to our channel down here and follow us in the social media that you can see down at the bottom of the screen. And until we see you again, bye. Sayonara. Sayonara.